Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. All right, good morning, good morning. The weekend is upon us. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by our good friends at United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. A special day today. Coming up in a matter of moments, not only Casey and Trace and Elliot and Reed, but our main man. He's in town for the uh, Reds Fest that begins today. Nick Curry, welcome to the Chatterbox Studios. Oh, hey, Tom. It's uh, great to be in lovely Hamilton, Ohio. Amen. Gorgeous day. Yep. Gorgeous nowhere, day. Where else I'd rather be. I will tell you one thing. When I drive in, it's still dark. Yeah. And I will say one thing. They do a beautiful job here in Hamilton when it comes to decorating for the holidays. When I drove in this morning and I come around the corner, what's the main drag there? High? High Street. Yeah. High Street. And I come rolling down High Street and, uh, and all the lighting on the, the uh, trees up and down each side of the street. Those guys, men and women uh, that work for the, the, the city of Hamilton uh, or Butler County, whatever it is, uh, they do a great job. They do. They really do. They had it looking big time. Elliot, when you were over here during, uh, they don't call it Pumpkin Fest. What did they call it? Uh, it was Pumpkin Town. Pumpkin Town, I believe. <laughs> was it was Pumpkin Town? Pump- Operation Pumpkin Town. Operation Pump- Pumpkin. Pump- yeah, Pumpkin World or it was something, yeah. <laughs> uh, Chucky, Chucky Pumpkin, Chucky Cheese is Pumpkin Palooza. I think that's what it was. <laughs> so something around there. I mean, can't we start the day off in a good mood and saying nice things? Do we have to go Well, no, here's how, the, here's how the day started. Reed was sitting over here doing his job, and out of nowhere, the Chatterbox Reds boys just threw him out into the hallway. No doubt. I mean, I, where is Reed? Where is he? He's we not here, We were looking at him through the glass. He looked like an animal at the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> he did. It's sad. It's sad what's happened here. I'm worried Kirby's going to come for me next. I don't know what's going to go. I don't know. Honest to God, I don't know what's going to happen. Because if I start spewing Jonathan India propaganda, yeah. I'm going to get removed. Well, look, we're getting into all of that today. We're lucky to have Nick here. He's in town. Uh, he's got a lot going on at Reds Fest, which we'll get into here in a minute. Uh, but we are going to talk a lot here in the first hour about Reds baseball and everything that's sort of going on. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 hey. to 12. P. Very nice. Well done, man. Well done. You can find us on YouTube. That's a Chatterbox Sports page. We broadcast live on Twitter at Cbox Sports. You can see it up there in the corner, Cbox Sports. Or if you'd rather join us in podcast form, by all means, just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman. You're dialed in. Reds Fest, we said it, gets underway starting tonight. That's down at the Convention Center in the heart of downtown Cincinnati. It really is a great event. Doesn't matter whether you're a young fan, old fan, you're single, taking your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever, taking your wife, taking your kids. There's a little something for everybody. It truly is a fantastic event. Now, many of your favorites, past and present, will be there signing autographs, taking pictures. I'm sure Elliot will be down there, like, stalking somebody. The team comes into the weekend on a hot streak right now with a fan base. And let's face it, that's the first time in a long time you can say that. They surprised the baseball world, of course, with their play last year, just short of reaching the postseason by a couple of games. And they've been very active already in the offseason, having signed pitchers Emilio Pagan and Nick Martinez. The GM meetings are next week. Will the team make a big trade? Been a lot of talk about that. We'll ask Nick about that. Here in a matter of moments. Bengals 
will be in the bubble, undoubtedly, for practice today, getting ready for Monday night's showdown in Jacksonville. Is showdown the right word there, Casey? Showdown in Jacksonville? Uh, I guess. They're still alive for the playoffs, you know. I suppose they are. I mean, what, What's so funny? Well, what's so funny is that you said they're still alive for the playoffs. Casey, I think go you accidentally ahead. I'm slipped not listening up. to this. Go ahead, Casey. I share the same sentiments as Elliot. I think it's a little funny that we think they're still alive for the playoffs, but I guess it's showdown. It's a matter of whether I, I we think they're alive. They are mathematically. mathematically alive. And Zach Taylor was, he pronounced, yes, we are. We're in the hunt. This seems like satire. <laughs> I mean, I, there's that at no point. This, this is reporting. These are facts. That's what Zach Taylor said yesterday. When asked the question, are you still in the hunt? He said, absolutely, we're still in the hunt. I guess, technically. Just reporting the facts. <laughs> Just the facts. Uh, still no official word. They have an extra day on the injury report and all that, and an extra day to heal up. Will T. Higgins come back? Cam Taylor Britt, Logan Wilson, who got hurt last week. On the field, it might have been the most exciting game in the NFL this season, last night. Dallas Cowboys rallied in the final minutes to beat Seattle in a wild one, 41-35. The only downer, if you watch the game, every other play was a penalty. 19 of them for 257 yards. That ain't good in prime time when you're putting on your product. The Seahawks gashed the Dallas defense, but one cannot deny, not even me, who has denied Dak Prescott for a couple of years right now. He's rolling. 29 of 41, 299 yards, three touchdowns, zero picks. He has thrown for the third most yards in the NFL this season. He has 26 touchdowns against only six interceptions. The Cowboys are averaging 42 points per game in their last four, all wins, and are tied for the second-best record in the NFL. And next week, a showdown with a team with the best record in the NFL. Their division rivals, the Philadelphia Eagles, that game in Big D. Speaking of the Eagles, they stand at 10-1. and one. And Sunday's game, many have been waiting to see since the schedule came out. It's a rematch of last year's NFC Championship game. 49ers rolling in. Are they favored in that game, did you say? Yeah, by three. The 49ers. Yes. At 8-3, and three, who lost to the Bengals. That's correct. Right? Yep. And they're favored over the 10-1 and one Batlin Eagles. Well, since their three-game skid, Tom, they've had 15 sacks. They've led the league in creating turnovers. I mean, they're just dominating right now on defense. And then on offense, they got healthy. So, Yeah, that was against guys like Trevor Lawrence. That ain't Jalen Hurts, dude. That ain't Jalen Hurts. I don't know. I'm just That's telling you the facts. man's man there. AFC North. Baltimore is off this weekend. Hard to believe they've gone this far in the season without their bye week, but that's the case for other teams as well. The Brownies will play the Rams in L.A. Joe Flacco might be the starting quarterback in that game for Cleveland as Dorian Thompson-Robinson is still in concussion protocol. College football, championship weekend, monster games with playoff implications starting tonight. Unbeaten Washington. Plays once beaten Oregon. Of course, that one loss was to Washington. That's the final Pac-12 championship game as we know it. Both of those teams, along with SC and UCLA, off to the Big Ten next year. Speaking of the Big Ten, Michigan and Iowa play in Indianapolis for that championship game. Texas and Oklahoma State in the Big 12 final. In the SEC, Trace's Georgia Bulldogs 
will take on their big rival. Here comes Nick Saban in Big Bad Alabama. Here they come. In the ACC, number four, Florida State looks to stay undefeated. Knowles take on number 14, Louisville, in the ACC title game. And last but not least, it pains me to say it, as a graduate of The Ohio University, but I got to give it up to Chuck Martin and the Miami Redhawks tomorrow at noon. That game will be on ESPN. They play in the MAC championship game against Toledo. That was a good game earlier this year. Miami's only conference loss was to Toledo. College Hoops, number six in unbeaten Houston, comes to the Centa Center tonight to take on Xavier. Tip at 6.30 on FS1. The Muskies are trying to rebound from that shocking home loss to Oakland. Do we ever figure out where Oakland is? No. I think it's, uh, it's, it's the northern hemisphere of the country, I would say. Northern. I, it's is that a Canadian there. school? Yeah, maybe, maybe Canada. It's right on the border. Yeah, it is. Right across yeah, is. the river. Right, right across it the is. river. It is. It is. May as well be Canadian. If you're looking for a good night of college basketball, you got the X game, and then at 9 o'clock tonight on ESPN2, how this game is on ESPN, what in the hell is on ESPN that could possibly be more important? The number four UConn playing number five Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence, Kansas. It's going to be college football. I don't know what I don't know which game. It's, it's probably the MAC. It's Washington no, the Mac versus tomorrow. Oregon. It's Washington. I thought that's Oregon, ABC. Right? I thought. Well, isn't that considered? ESPN. Okay, you might be right. They're doubling up, putting them on both. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay. Um, And uh, UC does not play until Sunday. That's at home against Florida Gulf Coast. Did you see that story, by the way, about the Bearcats? How do you pronounce it? Simus Lukosius. Simus Lukosius. Lukosius, okay. Uh, Good player. Transfer. He's off to a really good start. This guy's going to have a good year. He's a good player. Apparently, he got struck by a car. Walking across the street on Jefferson Avenue. What in the heck is going on down there? I can't defend, I can't defend Clifton. Uh, there's going to be some bad things that happen in Clifton. You know, you're, you're getting your groceries, uh, you're walking your dog, and then boom, you're hit by a car. I mean, that's just what happens down in Clifton. Uh, it's not good. I, I read this story, and I was not happy yesterday. One of, our, one of our better players this season struck by a moving vehicle. But Better players seems to be a stretch. He's had a good year. This year, this year he's been one of them. Not not a a stretch as Clifton, though. This year, he's been one of them. Hey, can we talk about something relatively serious for half a second? It's not, it's not this kid's fault for doing it, but you know, you would think, and I always thought this logically, when you're walking across a street, a busy street, whether whether you're in college or not, you know, like when, especially at Miami, not trying to get on the kids in Oxford. We know how they, but like, oh, they're stumbling across the street. But I'm just saying, like, you think you'd just be like, hey, let me see if a car's coming. Like, I know they're supposed to stop. But like my dad always said, would you rather would you rather be right and get ran over by a car, or would you rather be wrong and let it go past? I think I'd just rather be wrong and just let it go. It past. seems like, and I could be wrong. It seems like you're blaming the man who was struck by a movie. No, movie. see, that's, where, you're that's where it. That's kind of what it blaming. seems like you're Here doing. We go. No, it just that's re- a dangerous precedent. It just reminded me of of, of me the situations of I've seen in Oxford. That's all. <laughs> Did he have headphones in? Oh, you can book that. You can book that. I, if I had to imagine what happened, and I, and I can't guarantee, I imagine the, the crosswalk, the, the sign on the, on the sign was like, yeah, walk. So he was walking, and then somebody probably made a right turn or, some, or something Left silly turn, like but that. Yeah. Some wonder if he was hit by the lawnmower man. <laughs> that did not happen. He's too responsible. <laughs> he is too responsible. He's got insurance, too. <laughs> anyway, apparently it's a minor leg injury, and he might play Sunday. So we wish him well. Prayers are with him. Uh, and, of course, 
We were talking about it. It was the primary topic of conversation, even with Nick Kirby in here right before we got started. Yeah, it was. TQL Stadium tomorrow night, place to be. Will you be there, Casey, yay or nay? I uh, I do not think I'll be there, Why? Fake unfortunately. Why? Um, we're celebrating my sister-in-law's birthday. Sister-in-law? Yeah. Your wife's sister? Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? We're I all... mean, are you serious? Your wife's sister? I mean, we're going to be watching I mean, the it's game. your wife. It's I not... get it. But your wife's sister? Yeah. My wife's sister doesn't even speak to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say. We're all really She's close. She's one of those liberal Duke elites, and, you know, we have nothing in common <laughs> besides... We're related to each other just strictly by her sister and me getting married. She won't even look at me. <laughs> All my in-laws and I are really close, so we like to go celebrate our birthdays. So we're going to go out, and we're going to watch the game. We're going to go to a bar, probably watch it, have fun. A bar then... down and over the Rhine? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, we, we, like going to, we like going to the banks, so I don't know. Oh, Maybe okay. I'll convince them to go to the over the Rhine. Over the, no, the banks would be good. That'll be good. That'll be good. But, hey, look, it, it's a big-time game tomorrow night, all kidding aside. Their big rival, Columbus, hits the Eastern Conference Finals of the MLS. A win, and FCC would host the championship game next weekend. Okay. Reds Fest tonight begins. Um, Nick, uh, here at Chatterbox, we are teaming up with ESPN Radio in Dayton, and you're going to be on the radio tomorrow, Correct. Yes, yeah, uh, 1410 a.m. in Dayton. Uh, Justin Kenner has been kind enough to ask me to Good help, guy. Yeah, help, help uh, co-host their uh, live broadcast from Reds Fest 11 to 1 on Saturday. Uh, Going to have 20-ish uh, uh, players and personnel come through, kind of just uh, in and out and get to interview them. And so, yeah, really looking forward to that. Uh, appreciate Justin, you know, giving us the opportunity to kind of help them out with this and uh, looking forward to uh, hopefully meeting a lot of people, uh, a lot of people that we see uh, on Chatterbox Reds in the chat and uh, people that have supported us and uh, really looking forward to that. You know, um, I'm kind of curious, just, you know, for you, because you follow the team and the whole franchise so closely, if they came to you and they said, Nick, I'm going to let you pick the three people, you just pick three. I mean, you might get, like you said, 15 or 20. And that's the way normally they kind of rotate them through as you're sitting there for a couple hours. And it's great. Um, but if you had to get three people in there that you could sit down and talk to each of them for, say, 15, 20 minutes, you have a top three? It's a good question. Uh, Will Benson would definitely be. Why? He's just an interesting guy. Uh, he's got a, a, a he's got a interesting story about, you know, how he was a top prospect, kind of fell off, kind of came back. Just last year, I mean, he kind of just, I feel like, embodied the, the 2023 Reds as much as anyone. He started as bad as you can. I think he was in, like, 050 when he got sent down to AAA. Went down and just tore up AAA, came back, and was one of the best hitters in baseball uh, since he came back. So he would be, he would be up there. Okay. Jake Fraley always has been interesting to me. Um, I, I know he's uh, – had some some mental health things, so I think he'd be a, a, a good interview to kind of you know hear a little bit more about about his story. Andrew Abbott, maybe maybe my third. Now why him? Uh, did a podcast with Jim Day. Uh, he's kind of got that that Virginia roots. He's a really down home to, to earth guy, and uh, I, I think he'd be a fun interview as well. I want to I want to jump in on one guy you just talked about because we found ourselves in here. 
feeling like the rest of the world was overlooking the importance of Jake Fraley to this team last year. This guy had a really nice year. But for some reason, it seems like when people start talking about the team, naturally they will gravitate towards all the young guys and McLeans and the De La Cruzes and Steers and Encarnacion Strand, who, by the way, Encarnacion Strand, a happy birthday today. Um, did you know that? I just saw it right before we went okay, live. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm scooping. Our Chatterbox Reds guy. Reds info. Um, but Fraley is a guy that he really did a lot of good things. Now, you know, it's like the old Pete Caroline, and I use it on the show all the time. Don't tell me what a guy can't do. Tell me what he can do. He did a lot of good things for this team, and he should be a very important part of this team again this year, right? Yeah, no question about it. I, uh, with about like 40 games left in the season, I put together a little video kind of, you know, hyping up some of the cool moments of the season. And it was literally Jake Fraley, Jake Fraley, Jake Fraley early in the year. Uh, he had a lot of just huge hits for the Reds. I, I think if you look at his end-of-the-year stats, they're not going to wow you. But it, it, I don't really think it's fair to really put any stock in what he did in September. Because really, to, if we're being honest, he probably had no business playing on that that broken toe. He clearly was not at 100%. Um, it was really David, – David Bell was in such a weird spot at the end of the year because you had all these young players. You had guys that were injured like Fraley, uh, Votto coming back from an injury. You didn't really know – there was just so many guys you had no idea what you really had out of them. But, yeah, if Jake Fraley's healthy, and that's a big if because that's definitely been a, a struggle for him really his entire career. Even in Seattle, he struggled with that. When he's healthy, he is an absolute elite hitter against right-handed pitching, mm -hmm. and I think completely changes this lineup. Why or uh, why is not the right one? Um, when you look at the Reds outfield, alluding to what you're talking about, Benson and Fraley are very good hitters as left-handed batters against right-handed pitching. Okay, and Friedel is a straight-up left-handed batter. Is an outfield power bat slash DH kind of thing for you? As important, more important, less important than going out and getting a bona fide, say, starting pitcher, a Bieber, somebody like And we'll get into those guys in a minute. But I'm just curious your thoughts. If you had to have one or the other, where would your priority be? I know you want both, but if you had one or the other. Yeah, I mean, I'll kind of hedge a little bit. It depends on what you could get. I mean, if I could, if you could guarantee me Jorge Soler right now, I think I'd take him over just about any starting pitcher. I just feel like... He's that one piece that takes this lineup from from one spot to the next level. Absolute elite hitter against left-handed pitching. One of the best in baseball. And feels like he's built for Great American Ballpark. Now, I would probably DH him more. But you could have Spencer Steer slide into the outfield and kind of be a platoon with, with Fraley. And that's the nice thing is the Reds have a lot of flexibility. Uh, that, Tom, that's the one thing when you got to the end of the season that I, I was maybe most excited about is – there wasn't like a glaring hole. There's a the Reds need to improve this offseason. They've started that process, but they there wasn't like they didn't have to go get a third baseman. They didn't absolutely have to go get a starting pitcher. They didn't actually have to get a relieving pitcher. They had good core all throughout their entire roster, and it, I think that gives them more flexibility to find the best value in in deals and not have to 
to overpay, like the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals probably in some yeah. ways had to overpay yep. for Sonny Gray yep. because they were just absolutely desperate for starting pitching. Where the Reds, they need starting pitching, but they're not nearly at that level of desperation that the Cardinals were at. All right, boys, open it up. Elliot, I'll start with you. What do you have for Nick Kirby? You're the guy that's down there schlepping around. I can't believe on a day when Nick is here, you got your Bengals lid on and whatever that, what is that sweatshirt? What does that say? This is uh, my Hilton Head sweatshirt. It's my favorite sweatshirt. Hilton Head. You like Hilton Head, Tom? I love Hilton Head. I've only been there one time in my life. I love that place. It's a good time. It is beautiful down there. Beautiful. So go ahead. Well, I will. I, I don't. I mean, specifically, if we're going to ask Reds questions here, uh, I have one. Do you think we should trade Jonathan India? Oh wow, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I was just on the top of my head. I didn't know if we were going to go there, but you know, you know what? This is a serious question, though. Okay, and I know you guys are jacking around. We were talking about it beforehand, <laughs> but you know, this is one, Nick, that I really wrestle with. I got to tell you. I really wrestle with this. I think Indy is a pretty damn good player. I mean, he's got his shortcomings on defense. There's no doubt about that. There are other guys that are better playing that position than him. Okay? But, you know, I, I'm, a big, I'm a big believer in, 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 in clubhouse guys. I don't know the guy. I've met him. I don't know the guy. But just watching him, I think his teammates really like him being on this team. But all you keep hearing is trade him, trade him, trade him, trade him. He doesn't fit the Reds in a perfect sense. Uh, I am absolutely not giving this guy away. He's a valuable player. Uh, he, the Reds should get something valuable in return. Now, I, I said it on Chatterbox Reds. I'm completely okay if there's a great return that is lower-level prospects. I have no problem with them moving him for lower-level prospects, continuing to stock the farm. Maybe you, you trade Jonathan India for low-level prospects, and then maybe one of your, your higher prospects you flip for a starting pitcher or something. It kind of is a way to keep your organization balanced. Um, but if, if there's, if there's a, a trade that's value, I think you, you move him because I think there's other teams that, that could have more value out of India than the Reds have. Um, with India, you're probably going to have to stick him at DH or be a part-time second baseman. I mean, it, it's pretty clear Marte, De La Cruz, McLean is your infield and CES at first base. And, and so you keep Jonathan around and, and you have a better, you have more depth. But if you can get something better in return, I, I just think overall that that's the, the smart move for the Reds. I would agree with that. I would agree that the, de I, the, the depth thing is important. We used 70 different players last year. Having a guy like Jonathan Indy off the bench instead of Kevin Newman makes a lot of sense to me. That's why I still think it's important to still go out and get another outfielder. You have additional depth. You can, you can plug and play him at DH whenever you want. I do think that if you can get Jonathan India for a ready-now player, that's what I would look for. Again, people are going to disagree with me on this. I don't think trading Jonathan India for a prospect at this moment helps this team get better. It might help us in the long term, but again, I would rather have this team compete next season uh, and, and I think that helps by trading Jonathan India for a starting pitcher that plays in the MLB today. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Would you rather take a lesser return for Jonathan India for a, a major league ready player or a bigger return for lower level prospects? Because I mean, I, mean uh, I, I have a difficult time seeing a team that wants Jonathan India being willing to trade an expendable major league ready player because if you're trading for Jonathan India, that would be a, a package. It's a win now move because Jonathan India is we we know his deficiencies defensively. Yeah. Um, but if if the Reds were, I, I like I like I said this the other day. I think you need to find a team 
that was where the Reds were going into 2020, where the Reds had to go out and sign Mike Moustakas because they just absolutely needed a second baseman. Mike Moustakas was not the absolute perfect fit, but you had to get a guy like that because you, you didn't have enough offensive pieces. There's got to be a team that was kind of where the Reds are, but I just I, I have a hard time seeing a team that is in that spot also being willing to trade a valuable pitcher because everyone needs pitchers. I would agree. So I what I would what's probably what would happen is they would package a prospect with Jonathan India to get a ready now player. Is 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 how I is how I see this. Mm. To answer your question, if we load up on prospects, sure. If if we if it's if it's a if it's a lottery deal and we're getting two very good prospects, elite prospects, then yeah, I'm trading Jonathan India for that. But if they're going to be like, if we're just going to get some subpar double A players, what are we doing? I'd rather I'd rather have a player now. I'll, I'll trade I'll trade someone else uh, in in AAA. I'm trying to think right now. I, I again I'm, I don't want to trade Connor Phillips, so that's not a name I would throw out. But there's somebody else that we could package with Jonathan India to get a ready now player. I, I firmly believe that. And if and if you can't and if you don't like the deal, you keep him as depth. I don't think again. I don't think maybe it's not what he wants to do. But it's not terrible to have this guy off the bench. If 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 Ellie De La Cruz starts whizzing balls around the around the infield, hitting Uelvi in the nose again, we're gonna need Jonathan India there. So that it, I, I don't want the I don't want Cincinnati to rush him out of town just for the sake of rushing him out of town. Because we need depth. The Reds need depth. Trace, you are the co-host of Chatterbox Reds with Mr. Kirby. One of the 10 most popular baseball shows on Apple, Spotify. Yeah, you look, you guys the can roll your eyes, man. man. I mean, look, you guys roll your eyes about it. I jack around a lot in here. There's no doubt. I don't jack around when it comes to this kind of thing. The numbers tell the story. Of all the podcasts that are out there, you two guys are doing a top 10 in the United States show that people love to watch and listen to. So... Why don't you jump in here with your partner in crime, Mr. Kirby? Are we and, talking and about anything? We're talking about anything you want to talk about as it pertains to the Reds. Anything well, you want. You're the boss. You can, for all I care, you can talk about goats. <laughs> no, I, I don't. It's, it's a tough spot where the, the Reds are because I think that there's a, a plethora of things that you have, you can have questions about and you can have thoughtful opinions about and you can be right about them and you can be wrong about them and you're that's the that's the nature of, and that's why we all love probably sports in general is because there's obviously ways to, to to talk about them and 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 debate the jonathan india thing has been talked about at length to where at this point kind of i hate to use the term it is what it is but you know i'd love a scenario where jonathan india would at least consider moving and if he's willing to do that then i've said it before tom i think that that there's a spot and there's a reason that you'd want to keep Jonathan India. Um, as far as, you know, as far as the depth piece and things of that nature, and I know this sounds criminal when I say this, you know, if, if the depth is still reliant on a guy to go out there and play second base the way that Jonathan India plays second base, I, I have no interest in seeing it. I really don't. And I, and, and I, I don't mean to be like killing a guy that's done nothing but great things for our organization too. So I, I try to be hesitant when I'm, you talk about Jonathan India because no matter what you say, sometimes people only want to pick out the negative things that you want to talk about. His defense at second base is not going to be – it just it – can't, it can't be a thing again. It just can't. If the guy plays more than 40 games at second base, then something has gone wrong in this organization. Jonathan India can be a guy where you can 
Spot. Right, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on. I just want to interrupt real quick because yeah, if I look at that, and I'll, I'll let you get back to it. I don't mean to interrupt. No, please do. But I'm saying when you say that about India, okay, we know the struggles, for example, that Ellie De La Cruz had last year batting right-handed. He had struggles batting right and left-handed for the last month. Correct. Okay, well, I mean, why couldn't you see on days when a left-hander's on the mound, why couldn't you see McLean going to short and playing India at second? The reason for that is simple, Tom. I think that it, Anyone with reasonable, you know, thoughts and opinions would be able to look at Ellie De La Cruz and say, okay, this guy isn't polished yet. And or we should give him a little bit more time to get a little more acclimated to this league and figure out what he is and what he isn't. Right. Jonathan India has proven what he is at second base. We know it. Yeah. And if you know what, I'll tell you right now, Tom, I'll sell the I'll sell Chatterbox Sports, the rest of my company, to anyone for free if Jonathan India ever wins a gold glove at second base. Okay? <laughs> it, it's not gonna happen. It is impossible. At some point in life, you realize you're either good at something or you're not good at something. It's similar to Elliott's golf game. He can go practice for a million hours, and he's never going to win the Masters. Jonathan Indy can do whatever he wants in the offseason. He's never going to win. He's never going to be better than Matt McClain in second base. Right. To your, to your point, though, Ellie De La Cruz, I could argue, in two years' time, or even next year, could be one of the better defensive second basemen because the tools are there. Whether he can be consistent is another question. Yeah. And I think that's a good question, Tom, is how long is the leash for a guy like Ellie De La Cruz at shortstop if he showcases what he did showcase last year defensively, which is, hey, it's great at times, but if he's not going to be able to make the routine plays, we do have a problem there, right? Then you have question marks about, okay, what do you do? And Matt McClain, for all intents and purposes, has looked excellent when he's played shortstop as well. So he is an option to replace Ellie there. And then you have all the, the you know, the critics, or not the critics, but the people that... I want to get on Ellie's defense and say, well, we move him to the outfield. He'll be an unbelievable outfielder. Well, you don't know that either. Yeah. So as, as, as unfortunate as this is, is to say, this franchise has a lot of missing answers. They have a lot of questions going into next year. And I would just venture to say, I don't want to just get rid of Jonathan India, but if he's going to play second base again, this franchise has gone wrong. I, I don't think there's really, I don't even think that's a debate, Tom. So it's, does the simple question to Jonathan if I'm sitting next to him is simple. It's like, listen, man, do you want to move positions to still stay with this in this franchise? Or are you, are you a guy like a Nick Senzel who you'd rather just get a fresh start somewhere else? You're tired of hearing about how you can't play second base in this town. And would you rather just do that? And that's okay if the answer is he'd rather go somewhere else. That's a competitor. I'm fine with that answer. But we can't sit here and say, I'm the team captain. I love this team. I love this franchise. I bleed Cincinnati Red. And then turn around and tell me that you don't want to move positions to help the team. Well, then you can't you, have it both ways. Well, you, you bring up a good point. Remember now, we had uh, India's agent uh, on this show. We've had him on the show a couple of times, Scott Boris. And we asked him this very question um, about players moving. And he made reference, and I'm drawing blank. Uh, Nick, maybe you'll be able to help me here. I think it was somebody maybe in Minnesota in the American League, another client of his. Uh, that was asked in the middle of a season last year, a third of the way through the season, and like a game or two in, he blows his ACL out there trying to do something he hadn't done all year long. I'm drawing a blank on who that was. There was some kind of severe injury to the player after he had moved right in the middle of the year. But you bring up a great point. And this is what I have always been critical of when it comes to the Reds as an organization. They don't ask guys to be a, Z a Ben Zobrist. They don't ask him to be. Now, Steer, you know, played the outfield last year. Play first, place third. He he would be the closest thing to that, but he's not the athlete. People forget Zobris was a hell of an athlete. We remember him in his later years, 
But, man, he was an athlete, 6'3", 6'4", could run like the wind when he came up, could move around, excellent defender no matter where you put him. I mean, I would, I would think if you were going to at least ponder that, that somebody should have had that conversation with India, if not during the season last year, and there was a lot of talk about that, at least when the season came to an end, that basically Trace laid out exactly what you just said. Hey, if you want to be here, we like a lot of the things you can do for our team. There are a lot of positives to Jonathan India. But if you would rather not consider moving to the outfield where maybe one day against a left-hander, we start you instead of Benson. Maybe another day against a, a left-hander, we start you instead of Fraley. Steer is going to play every day. He's playing every day. Um, and, and, and he should play every day. But, I mean, I think that's a fair question to ask that of Jonathan India. I think the fact that there hasn't been any even rumblings about him moving position kind of feels like yeah. the, the writing on the wall at the Arkansas. I do have one point on Ellie De La Cruz, though. Ellie De La Cruz was in the 85th percentile for outs above average, which I believe most people believe is the best way to, to measure shortstop's defense. He was the 85th percentile, and he had a lot of bad airs. The fact that he was that rated that high gives me a lot of hope that once he kind of cleans up some of these just, you know, Barry Lurkin, I think he had like, what, 15 airs? Or well, it's the littered with year. guys that did that when yeah. they were coming up. A lot yeah. of guys have done what he did last year as young shortstops. The ceiling for Ellie De La Cruz defensively is, is very, very high. And, and I think he's going to – I don't think he's going to necessarily be a fully polished player defensively in 2024 but when, you know you start getting into the net the year after that and the year after that I think you're going to view Ellie De La Cruz as one of the absolute all-around every facet of the game elite at it's fair that's fair I, I I just I don't know I watched Ellie play defense last year and there were some times where uh it, he didn't look he didn't look good at all so I I, I think he I think he's going to obviously be very good as as a baseball player Especially for the Reds, hopefully, knock on wood. But I don't know. I, 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 what I saw last year was a, was a very struggling player all, from all aspects of the game. But how many times did you see Ellie De La Cruz make a play defensively that no one else makes? True, true. He, he makes up for some of those bad – like Jonathan Indy, with all due respect, when did you see Jonathan Indy make a play? You go, no other second baseman makes that play. Ellie well, well, there was a couple that. of those. There was a couple routine grounders he threw into the stands, and no other second baseman would have made that play. But, yeah, I, I get your point. True. I get your point. I get your point. Tom, I, I – We digress. Tom, you've, you've watched a ton of baseball. Do you think that the league is <clears> – <throat> the league is littered with guys that – and I, this is the kind of the point that I'm making about Ellie, to be, to be clear – the league is littered with guys that ultimately have the tool belt or the tools to be able to be a veteran major league player, a guy that can play for 10 plus years. The question mark ultimately ends up coming down to what they have upstairs and whether they mentally can handle the load and whether they can be a pro and they can move on and they can get past an error or they can make an adjustment and all those types of things that we all talk about. Do you think that somebody, have you ever seen a player is the question I'm asking, that can overcome that just based off of straight skills, talent. Well, well, look, I remember like it was yesterday uh, when I was announcing the Cubs games. And, man, we're talking 30 years ago here, 30-plus years ago. But I remember like it was yesterday when we were playing, we the Cubs were playing a lot of day games, uh, overwhelming majority, not nearly the number of night games they play now. Um, and so, you know, when I was doing the games, you know, you do the game during the day, 
you get finished, you go back home, you know, uh, you, you, you flip on the ball game at night, and there are the White Sox every night, right? And here is this young guy, Sammy Sosa. And you're watching this guy, and you're going, if there's ever an unbroken colt in the history of baseball, and I think that's what De La Cruz is. He's an unbroken colt at this point. And so within a year and a half, the Cubs make a trade. They send George Bell to the White Sox, and they bring in Sammy Sosa. So now I'm out. I mean, I can still see it right in front of me right now. Walking out in Mesa, Arizona, old Hohokam Field, and Sammy Sosa, you know, his arms are about that big around, but they're nothing but steel. You know, I mean, he's just skinny, lean, long, looks a lot like De La Cruz, not nearly as tall. But, man, you're sitting there watching, and you're going, whoo, man, this guy, there's some talent here now. And there are a lot of people that ask the same questions about him. Would he be a guy that would be able to put it all together? Could he handle doing this? Could he handle doing that? And I'm not suggesting people are saying those same things exactly about De La Cruz. Maybe you'd agree or disagree. But the bottom line is, he turned out to be pretty damn good. And now, I don't care about all the, the PED stuff. We don't know that for sure at the end of the day. But I'm just saying, I, he reminds me, De La Cruz reminds me a lot of a very young. He's been compared to Vladimir Guerrero and guys like that. That's strictly because of his build. But as far as just an athlete, and the ability to do things. And back in those days, Sosa was running like the wind. And he was an outfielder and his great arm and all this sort of stuff going around. But he'd misplay some balls out there on a pretty regular basis. He ended up turning into a decent outfielder. And obviously, the offensive numbers speak for themselves. I, that's who De La Cruz reminds me of. And some people may think I'm crazy for saying that. I'm old enough to remember the guy. Maybe that's why. De La Cruz has the potential to be the best player on the planet. Now, will he get there? I have no right, idea. Right. But you don't get that kind of lottery ticket very often. Yeah. How many players have come through the Reds in the last 20 years, and you go, that guy could be the, the best player on the planet? Well, not one in 20 years. The last guy you said that about was Eric Davis. Maybe Joey Votto. Once not kinda... the best player on the planet. He was never a guy that you were right. going to look at as being a guy that could beat you in the run game, that could beat you with his defense. I know he won a gold glove, but, I mean, come on. Um, I never looked at him that way. I mean, I look at guys like – I'm with you on De La Cruz or like Eric Davis. You look at them and you're like, man, if there is a way that they can beat you, every way that there is, potentially De La Cruz could do it. Yeah, I mean, we have to remember, I mean, at the – De La Cruz – like two years ago, was still playing in low able. Right. Like the fact that he got up to the major leagues, had some success in even June of last year, was way ahead of schedule. So he, he's still ahead of schedule at this point. Now, if we get to the end of 2024 and it's the exact same story, then it's a it's a totally different conversation. But I just I don't think there's been anywhere close to enough at bats, enough of a sample size to really make anything definitive. Uh, at this point, yeah, I, I still feel just about the same as I felt about Ellie De La Cruz's when he came up. I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. I mean, you know, look, the guy, you know, he's just so young and so raw, and you make a great point that a lot of us forget, me included, he's playing at A-ball. And all of a sudden, he shows up, and he did things we haven't ever seen around this place from anybody. And, yeah, he might botch the routine two hopper to short and throw it in the seats or bounce it in the dirt or kick it or whatever he might do. But, you know... He, I'd take my chances. Let's put it that way.
Since Reed's not in the room, I'm going to ask you a question, Tom, that I think that uh, he's brought up many times that I think is actually very interesting and, and uh, might be seeing into the future. Do you think that more and more guys are going to go away from switch hitting? You've been around this game a long time. That was very a, a, a prized possession of, as a switch hitter because of the platoon situation. Or you can't bring a lefty in, you can't bring a righty in because they can switch hit, right? Well, if your splits, and for most switch hitters, their splits are drastically different. You know, I mean, there's only a few guys in this game that have actually been able to successfully hit at a high level on the left and right side. I seen the other day Lance Berkman said that if he could do it all over again, he would not switch hit. Do you think that that is something that you could see Ellie De La Cruz saying in maybe one or two years where you're like, okay, if it doesn't get significantly better from the right side, you're just going to stay up there and you're going to hit against lefties. Well, I, I, I think that that's a possibility. I think it's definitely a possibility. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Do I think it's going to happen? I have no idea. Uh, I know one thing. I mean, I remember – uh, back when, um, when remember Andre Ethier, really good hitter for the Dodgers a number of years ago, left-handed. Very batter. underrated hitter. Good player, man. Yeah. Good player. He grew up in Phoenix, and, and I got to know him a little bit. He's playing for the Dodgers, and we play him all the time. And, and, uh, and he shared the story about, you know, being a left-handed batter, you know, a lot of people are quick to sit you down against left-handed pitching because, you know, you don't see a lot of left-handed pitching. So his dad, who was a fireman in Phoenix, his dad was right-handed, and his dad started going out when Ethier was a little kid, and it was clear he's going to be left-handed. He starts pitching balls against uh, a garage in the back, left-handed, so he could start pitching to his son, left-handed, all the time, so his son would be able to hit left-handed pitching. And, you know, you've got, you've got to have almost that kind of commitment from somebody in your life. At the major league level, maybe it's some coach. Maybe it's some guy you're paying on your own whatever it might be. And you got to be committed to make the time to do both. Pete Rose made the commitment to be good at both. There are very few that have that commitment. It's not a knock on them. You only have so many hours in the day. But man, oh man, if you're able to do it and just be relatively, relatively close, man, the impact that can have on your team. But I mean, are De La Cruz's numbers like that even in the minor leagues? That big of a disparity? Do you know? Right and left? They, they, they drastically improved the, the longer, the, the okay. last, the, towards the end. Okay. Because um, I'm betting they, he's they from a rough. Dominican. From a Dominican. Okay, if anybody's ever been to the Dominican, okay, it's one of the most beautiful countries in the world. It's also as poor as poor can get. It ain't like Ellie De La Cruz, who's now all of a sudden, what's he, 20, 21? 21. 21. There's no way that guy, even going into an academy, there's no way he is getting the kind of practice that, say, uh, an American kid out in the suburbs living in Mason might have access to getting. So if he's getting better, maybe ride that train a little while, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, Ellie De La Cruz is not a platoon player just because of how many ways he can beat you. Uh, he's different than, with all due respect, Jake Fraley and, and Will Benson yeah, yeah. just because of, of, of all that he can do. So. You need you need to give him every opportunity to play every day, and honestly, even if Ellie De La Cruz has like a 600 OPS against left-handed pitching, he's still probably worthy of starting. I agree. I agree. Uh, all right, I want to get into what you think. I asked you this off the air. I, I really believe, I really believe that Nick Crawl is about to pull the trigger on a big deal, a big deal. Uh, the two names we've heard the most. And it doesn't mean that those are the two guys that, that it has to be one or the other. You brought up Glass now earlier. The other one is Shane Bieber. Now, 
you and I were going back and forth a little bit the other day. Bieber's making $10 million. He is a far superior accomplished pitcher as a starting pitcher than Glass now. Glass now is going to make $25 million bucks next year. On a one final year of a deal, Bieber will be on the final year of his deal. Right? Okay. Uh, Bieber had some forearm and elbow issues last year. Kept him out for different points in time. Um, Glass now threw a career-high 120 innings. And one of the reasons I don't like the idea of Glass now, uh, Nick, is because I think the Reds right now as they stand with their starting rotation, pick five, six, seven, eight guys as part of that group. Every single one of them is going to be on an innings limit this year. Hunter Green, Andrew Abbott, he extended it last year and the wheels fell off. Uh, Williamson might be the only one that's not. He stayed healthy last year once they brought him up. But Ashcraft, long bouts, out, hurt, same the year before. I mentioned Hunter Green, Lodolo, we don't even know if he's going to be ready for spring training. So I feel like they need to have a guy in that rotation, and this is where Bieber would fit it for me more than Glass now, where I'm not worried about how many innings he throws next year. I'm not having to look in the dugout in, in June and taking a guy out in the fifth inning because I'm worried if he's going to be hanging around in September when we really need him again, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm not sure I feel as confident as you do in Shane Bieber though, okay. and his health. Okay, so that, that's also – I don't know if I necessarily look at those two guys as like, uh, one guy I really love more than the other. The reason I like Glass now more is because he costs more. So you're hoping that a guy that costs more money – you're going to have to give less prospect back. Okay. Now, Jim Bowden suggested in The Athletic uh, today was uh, wild about how much he was saying give up Lodolo or Ashcraft, give up Cam Collier or Sal Stewart, and uh, give up Connor Phillips, all three of the, the, those. for uh, that, that would be insane for the Reds. The Reds should never be making uh, a deal like that for a guy with the one year left on his, uh, his contract. But um, assuming, you know, that Glass now could be a little more prospect cheaper just because he's earning a lot more. That's why I lean more to him, more so than anything else. What about dreaming big? Somebody in the chat right here, it's Eric, and, I, and I've heard a lot of people, and you know, I think most of the time I wave them off. A lot of people wave them off. They're like, are you kidding me? Come on, right? I mean, Shohei. Okay, now let's just think about this here for one second. I know it sounds ludicrous, okay, but... If you were saying to the guy, hey, two years, $110 million. they would make that up at the gate in advance ticket sales. They would make it up if they added right now $50 million to one player. Now, I wouldn't do it with Shohei because he can't pitch this year. I wouldn't do it. If I knew he could pitch, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I know it sounds crazy, but a lot of these players, they, they really are interested, and we see it all the time, signing a short-term deal, opting out in the second year. Nick Martinez just did it yesterday. Now, I know we're not comparing Nick Martinez to Shohei, but why not dream big? I, I would why be, not? I'd They've all, got the money. I'd be all for a two-year Shohei Otani deal. I, I, I've said many times. But he can opt out after one. You don't have to give up any prospects for him. If he wants one year, $70 million, I'd give it to him. I have no problem with that. I mean. What would be wrong with I, that? I don't think he's going to. No, but I'm saying if all of a sudden he knew he could become a free agent again in two years, 
okay? It's like the same thing a lot of these players face when they're going to arbitration, is that you say, okay, well, if I sign, and who was a guy this year that he had a terrible year, and now the, the, the team has to, has to pay him 20-something million next year, and the guy's a stiff. Well, what happens if all of a sudden Otani blew his elbow this year? What if next year he blows his knee? He's guaranteed a second year at 50 or $60 million. Well, Tom, I think someone's, someone would give Shohei Otani a 10-year deal with an opt-out after one year. Well, you might be right on that. So, I mean, and that's honestly, that's, that might be a, that's a good way of thinking about a Shohei Otani deal is I wouldn't be shocked if there's all kinds of opt-outs. Like, he gets 10 years guaranteed, and he can opt out after one, yep. three, five, seven, wherever he wants. Yep. Uh, I mean, the guy can pretty much do whatever he wants. Uh, with at least like the, the top four markets, um, he's really can dictate a lot of that more so than almost maybe more so than any player we've ever seen before, just because of how much of a unicorn he is. Yeah, I, I just I don't know why you at least can't think big. It's because we're so used to around here thinking so small. We really do. We think so small. Everything from a situation like this, we think small. We laugh. Oh no way. Just like our arena downtown. It's no different. We think small. How many NCAA tournaments did we have here when Riverfront Coliseum opened up? We had them every year. We'd have had the, 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 the Republican convention here two years ago if we had an arena. How many billions of dollars this town has missed out on by not thinking big? Big, big. What's wrong with that? I'd rather think big with like an Ellie De La Cruz extension or... Uh, Maybe even like a Connor Phillips extension. I know that might be a name that's weird just because he's younger. He's, I think he's only 22. He's the youngest of the Reds starting pitches. I'd rather think big with your own guys. So you're paying Ellie De La Cruz until he's 33, 34, as opposed to thinking big and going out and signing Aaron Nola until he's 37, 38. That, that, I, I'm all for thinking big, but I think in Cincinnati, you have to be a little bit more realistic because – the, the margin for air isn't as big as some of the bigger markets. No if question. You, if you miss on one of these guys, you're you're really hamstrung uh, based on what the you know Nick Crawl and the front office is going to be allowed to spend. Tom, I think they would do that, but they're but but Shohei Otani's not going to do that. Yeah. That they're the, the reason that they don't want to have the opportunity to go into free agency next year again or the year after that again is because they don't ultimately at some point the player doesn't want to have to keep proving themselves right like you mentioned if he blows his knee out well he could have been sitting on a guaranteed contract for for eight years and instead you you took a an extra 20 million dollars uh for a one-year deal instead of just signing the 10-year 50 million a year for every single year for the next 10 years seems like a much better option if you're a player just to take the long-term deal especially if these teams are crazy enough to offer it i was thinking the other day how, when did the players become so valuable that they've leveraged these opt-outs all the time now. Because there's, it only not, takes there's one not a club owner. option. It only takes one owner. I, that, and that's fine. And, and and you know what though? Like at some point, I'd be like, you know what? Um, e even even with this Martinez signing, it's like okay, he has an opt-out. Um, was that the decision? Was that the difference between saying, hey, there's going to be a club option next year instead of a player option? And I'm not suggesting that they made a bad decision, but it's just it's crazy to me to think that this uh, this guy could go out there blow his elbow, yep. be the world's worst pitcher, and next thing you know, you got to pay him all this money next year because it's a guaranteed contract. But, oh, by the way, if he goes out and he's a Cy Young, oh, all right, well, I'll see you later. I'm going to go get paid again. No, nah, bullshit. Like, I, I, I'm so tired of these player options all the time, and I guess I'd be a terrible GM and a terrible owner because I'd just say, no, piss off.
you, 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 this is a two-way street. If you want to play hardball, there's this. This goes both ways. I'm not going to give you a player option to get out of your deal if you if you're great. That's why we're signing you for two years. Yeah, I don't understand why. I, I haven't understood that whole thing where where look, I'm okay. Player wants to do the one year op, fine. But if I'm sitting on the other side of the negotiating table, I'm saying, you know what, we want the same thing. Yeah. If you're going to ask for it, no problem. Happy to do it for you. But you know what? Same deal for us. Well, I think you also are. Uh... There's, you're paying a GABP premium for some of these pitchers, especially the ones on short-term deals, because they know that their numbers probably aren't going to look as good. One thing about Nick Martinez, the Reds are protected on. So let's say Nick Martinez comes out and is incredible. The Reds can give him a qualifying offer next year and get a draft pick. Yep. And I know people scoff at those, but right now the, the Reds uh, pick for Nick Castellanos is Sal Stewart, who's flying through the Reds' prospect ranking. So the Reds could get some value if he does opt out. So, um, but yeah, I mean, they are taking the risk of him blowing his arm out and paying him for one extra year. What about Castellanos? There have been, there have been rumors about him. There was rumors in the beginning, and it sounded like it sounded like the Phillies probably weren't uh, getting the kind of uh, returns that they were hoping for, and it sounded like they, they, they mm. said they're not shopping him anymore. Okay. All right. I wouldn't be against – I wouldn't be against no. – uh, Bring him back if you could get him back. At, like, like instead of Jorge Soler, if you could get him back. But, I mean, you're pretty much just taking his salary at this point. I don't I don't think you're giving up any prospects for him. Because well, I, especially if you could get a lot of drives to left field. That, uh, go oh, ahead, oh, Elliot. Wow. Uh, what are you shaking yeah, the, your head the, about? The Reds. The Would Red, you take a the, lot of drives to left field? <laughs> I don't know how you want me to respond to that. So I'm going to, I'm going to, here we go. Uh, the Reds, if they want Nick Castellanos. Every Reds fan would take, there's a drive to left field by Castellanos. Tom said it, not me. All right. So, uh. so here's the thing. I, if the Reds want Nick Castellanos, unfortunately, they're going to have to talk to his representation this time around. So I hope that happens. It won't happen, but God bless. Uh, my question for Nick, we've been talking about. What the hell is so funny? We've, we've been talking. I'm not laughing at all. That's Nick. All He's right. laughing. Are you going to get on him? Get on no, him. I'm not getting on him <laughs> because on him. He, he's a guest. He's I, I, a guest. I've got a he's... question for Nick, and it's why I kind of thought Nick Kroll might not do anything. We have a lot of young starting pitchers, a lot. And I see Evan Maurer spamming in the chat. I saw I, or I heard Nick talk about it before the show started. At some point, we're going to have to deal one of them because we just don't have enough room for him. And we got, what, six guys next year that could potentially start, not including Nick Martinez. So I, my question for Nick would be this. If you had to deal one of these guys, who would it be and why? None of them. Oh, come on, Nick. Good Lord. I mean, come on, man. Come on. You can't sit around and wait on 10 and 12 and 15 dudes. Come on. Somebody's got to go. These guys all have options. You can send all of them to AAA. I understand, but I'm saying to get something that gets them into the postseason this year. You don't want to trade four of them or five of them or eight of them. But, man, there's got to be one or two or three. You're like, you know what? We can live knowing that this cat might go down to fill in the blank. And he turns out to have a pretty good career. All right. I'll give you an honest answer. I would say if there's one guy that I think would be the best, I'm a big sell-high guy. I think Graham Ashcraft would be the one that okay. I think is so probably the most talking. expensive. So now you're talking. Now you're talking. Okay. But if, the, if this was the Los Angeles Dodgers and they had all these starting pitchers, they would send whoever's doesn't they, they go to camp, they pick their five guys, they send the other ones down to AAA, and they would have depth. The Dodgers have 
starting pitchers every single year in AAA. And used them all this year. And they, they, and they still didn't have enough. Yep. But every single year, they have starting pitchers in AAA that are better than half the teams across baseball have at the back end of their rotation. So all these guys have options. Now, if, it's a, if you're a couple years down the road and these guys don't have options anymore, then, yeah, I mean, maybe you're forced to trade. But I want to keep the depth. I have no problem if Connor Phillips has to go spend the first two months of the year in AAA, even if he's tearing it up, because that means your rotation in the big leagues is doing well. Uh, same thing with even Brandon Williamson. I really liked him. I liked him, too. I got to tell you, he grew on me as the season went on. But depth is just so important. Um, you know, Tom, thinking back to, like, Remember, like, Travis Wood. Sure. Like, he was a guy that was down in AAA. They could bring him up, bring yep. him down. Yep. And, and it, the, 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 some of the best red teams we saw, 2012 was such a weird year. Yeah. They, everyone stayed healthy. Right. That, that's such a Right. All five guys thing. made every start. But in 2010, I mean, they used, like, nine different guys, and they were all – most of them were all effective. And that's what I think the Reds need to have to, to just give themselves uh, some flexibility and, and some protection in case they do have a rash of injuries. Okay. All right. Anybody else with anything? I think the real thing that you're getting at, which is very true, <clears throat> is this. If we're ready, and I say, you know, this young core is ahead of schedule, they were ahead of schedule already, maybe they're farther ahead of schedule, and next year they win 95 games, right? You could make the case this team could win 75 games and 95 games. That's, that's the God's honest truth. But if they were to be a team that won 95 games, Tom, you are right. I think this team lacks a... a an ace, if you want to call it that, or a big-time frontline starter that yeah. you can trust. And that's where you can get into the debate of, okay, we're going to give somebody up to try to go get that glass now or Bieber. But that's never a guarantee, too, to be clear. But I think we're in a position now where that's the reasonable debate to have. Would you rather give up one of these guys that you might be pissed off about in three years because you gave them up and they're, they're now prospering somewhere else like Lodolo, maybe it's Ashcraft. Um, again, I don't think they'll do it, but maybe it's like a Petties of the world. Um, maybe Connor Phillips. Or do you just sit on your hands, and, and a lot of people get pissed off about that, and just trust the fact that these guys will actually get better? I don't know. That, I mean, that's a reasonable debate. Is Hunter, is Hunter Green going to be a frontline starter? Is he going to be an ace next year? Is he going to be a guy where you watch him pitch, and you're like, you know what? I can only... Pick maybe five guys in the National League that I would rather have on the mound than Hunter Green. I don't know. It, it certainly hasn't been that yet, but it's possible. But I don't know what you do. The Reds are in a tough spot. Well, here's the thing. You know, actions always speak louder than words, but this is a scenario where Nick Crawl can't tell you what he might want to tell you. To say it. His actions will tell you what he thinks. And what I mean by that is he might feel like you do. And Crawl has been open and honest on the record as saying a lot of these young players, not every one of them are guaranteed a spot on his team. Somebody's going to end up in the minor leagues. Somebody. We'll find out who that's going to be. He said they got to go prove themselves again and again and again and again and again. Good for him for saying it. But you're going to find out whether he thinks they're closer trace to the 88 to 92 win team, right, with what they got right now by adding something big. Right? And they've done a nice job. A couple little parts that it could be really big parts in Pagan and Martinez. Because that bullpen last year was a lot better than we thought it was after a terrible start. They pitched well and they ran out of steam at the end of the year. Okay, fine. He's improved the bullpen theoretically. If he doesn't make that kind of deal, 
I don't, if, I don't think that Crawl would be afraid to reach if he thinks they're closer to the 90 to 92 win team than the 75 to 80 win team. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fair. That we will know what he really thinks about this group's chances by what he does or doesn't do between now and spring training. Yeah, I, I, th- I, think, I think that, that the, in some ways you'll be able to see how aggressive he is. I do think, though, that Nick Kroll's going to approach this a little bit different than I think the Reds approached this in the, the past. Whereas, let's say, especially more so maybe the trade deadline than anything else, I don't think the Reds are going to maybe be in first place in the NL Central one year coming up. I don't think they're going to be blowing up the farm system for any given year. I, I think Nick Kroll's made it very clear we're not doing that. It's a, it's a, a long-term approach, and I'm all for that. Uh, I, I think that's how you, you win in a, in a, in, in a small market. Uh, is to um, try to win now, but also be thinking three, four, five years ahead at the same time. You got to be able to do both to have any 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 chance of, I think, having success. Everyone loves to, to to point to the Reds' failures in the playoffs. The Reds haven't been to the playoffs enough, and, and you get to the playoffs uh, time and time again by having a strong farm system. No doubt, or be able to spend into oblivion. One or the other, which are not one of those teams. All right. Uh, Why did you leave, by the way? That's a good question. Why did you leave? Nobody threw you out of here. Tom, what are you talking about? Did you not see the kerfuffle that happened before the show started? I didn't. I must have gone and get filled up a bottle of water. What what happened? Well, well, here's what happened. If you want to get into the story, and we'll get into the weather here in a second. You're doing the weather today? I'm going to do the weather today because it's my only time. I mean, I got kicked out of the room, so I got to get a little bit of airtime. Who kicked you out? Name a name. Name a name. I'll just point. I'll just point. I don't even want to say his name right now. That's how mad I am. This, this guy. That's how mad I this am. This guy had my mentions flooded for like months because he had to go out of his mind and say, Reds aren't going to win 70 games. This guy's not got enough close. criticism for that. I was close. He said the Reds aren't going to win 70 games as definitive as I've ever heard anyone say anything, and he has not got enough flack for it. Did he predict the Cubs' epic collapse? Well, I predicted that the Cubs I mean, would finish better than the Reds, and boy, oh boy, was I right about that one. By the way, I was going to bring in a cookie cake today to celebrate to Nick Kirby, the Reds coming in third place in the National League Central. I know that's a big accomplishment for the Cincinnati Reds, and I wanted something to commemorate that. But but here's the story before I get into the weather. So I go in here. I see Nick. I knew Nick was going to come in today. I, <laughs> I do a little tongue-in-cheek thing, right? I take a picture of Nick, and I say, hey, listen. I'm going to troll this guy into oblivion. Just kidding, right? Just joshing around, just joking around. And what does Nick do? I, I, I don't know if Nick has any siblings, but if he does, he's probably an older sibling that just tattles on his little, on his little brother or little sister because that's what he did today. He saw Trace walk in and he said, oh, oh, Mr. Boss Man, oh, Mr. Boss Man, Reed's going to be mean to me on the show today. Can you kick him out of the room? Can you kick him? And, and, and Trace, I mean, I thought, I mean, I've been working for him for five years. I guess there's no loyalty there because he, 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 th- he throws me out. He throws me out like he's Joe West. I mean, he's like, get out of here. Are you kidding me? He's the cowboy Joe West. He's going to be starting singing Kumbaya here in a second and releasing country song albums. That's who he is, Joe West. But here's the thing. Let's get into the weather. Uh, it's another beautiful day in fall. All you guys love the fall. Another beautiful day. It's raining all day. It's a little warmer, but it's raining today. The good news is, the good news is, is the rain should stop eventually. I don't know if the sun's going to come out, but you know what there is 100% chance of this weekend? Go down to Cincinnati, there's a 100% chance of getting crawled. 
Because that's all the Reds do. They just they just get crawled. You go down there, you get crawled this, get crawled left and right. Next thing you know, uh, Nick Crawl owns your house, owns your car, owns your wife, the whole nine yards. I don't know if you can own a wife. This is uh, this is America. This is 2023. Not, not, not Saudi Arabia. So uh, <laughs> I guess guess we're doing guess we're doing that today. But it's absolutely disgusting. Listen, I I came to work for Chatterbox Sports back in 2019. The and I thought it was uh, a beacon for free speech. Mm. I thought it was a beacon for all the things right in America. Mm. And here I come in today mm. and I, I make a little joke, a little ha ha, you know, doing the little read thing and I get t- kicked off the show. You know, it, it, it honestly, it feels like a dictatorship in here sometimes. I, I don't know how I can work under these conditions. I'm going to have to keep trudging forward because that's all you can do, right? I mean, it, it, people say, you, you know, when you, when you talk about other countries and, and the dictatorship, I, why don't you just leave? Well, I, I can't leave. I like this job too much, but it, it really makes me think. It really makes me think. It's absolutely disgusting what happened in this room today. Nick, uh, I still love you, I think. I, I still love you, but man, this, this puts, a big, puts a big dent in our relationship. So, Sad um, to see. It, it is sad. Thanks. Thanks. Elliot, Elliot's been fighting for me. He's been fighting for me. I wish my boss would have fought for me a little bit, no. but instead I got, I got kicked out. The only people that, that fought for me are Elliot and Tom. Cause Tom's always got my back. I got your back. I That's mean, right. we don't get along all the time, but I got your back. What do you mean? We don't get along we, all the uh, time. The whole big 10 sec thing yesterday, it got ugly in here. I was very uncomfortable <laughs> about it. Um, it was not good. We're, we're, I thought it was great. Tom I actually thought he good. pissed people off in here. That was the funny part. And he literally pissed nobody off. I I'm not looking to go down that road today, although I think I have a sneaking suspicion we might. We well, might. I'm not in the room, so good, well, good luck. Well, you're going to be back here in a minute because we're booting Nick out so you can get back in here for picks. Yeah, or you want to just sit down, no one wants my pull up another chair from yeah. outside. Why don't you just pull in another chair and we'll keep everybody here. Yeah, sit next to Tom. How about I sit next to Tom? You want to be a guest picker today? Yeah, that's a yeah. You're not a football guy? No. What? So not oh only so God. Tom, this is what Jeez, this is what we're seeing. Geez, this is what man. we're seeing is that not only is he against free speech, <laughs> he's against football. So how can you look at this man and say he's an American? <laughs> I don't know. What's next? You don't like hot dogs? Apple no apple doubt. pie not good dog, enough for doesn't you? Doesn't like a dog. Period. The, 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 nothing. Just 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 get on out of here. I mean, what, what are we doing? Wait, there is no way I could be a mediocre father and do more than be as invested as I am in the Reds and make 50 college basketball bets every day. There's no way I could do more than that. I'm maxed out. That's as much as I can do. Nothing more, nothing less. All right, de- degenerate gambling, maybe that is an American pastime. That is something we like to do in America. But I, 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 the I mean, the, the, the way that, that I'm, I'm getting these, these vibes, I guess is what we'll call them, vibes from Nick Kirby. I mean, he should, he should root for the Toronto Blue Jays because he's, cl- he's clearly not like the things that America likes, like free That's speech right. That's right. That's football. That's right. That's not exactly a red-blooded right. American. All right, all right, I'm getting well, out of here. All right, did you do the weather? While I was out. <laughs> yes, we did a little bit of the weather. Okay. All right. Good enough. Uh, by outside, the way, Tom. you know, in all seriousness, for those of you out there that are husbands, uh, or, or maybe you're a, a single cat, and, you know, you, you like just putting up Christmas decorations. Tomorrow's the day you got to get it done. Oh, I've really? already had the, lay, the law laid down. It's raining today. Tomorrow it's supposed to be nice. In the 50s, you're going to be outside. Trace is like Ebenezer Scrooge. He's not doing that. Elliot, you could just go right outside of your attic window. That's right. And you could start putting up Christmas lights tomorrow. They're already out. Do you have Christmas lights out? Already up. Really? Yeah, we got those uh, those little LED strips. Yeah, they're nice. They, they were a pain to set up, but 
they, they stay up all year. Yeah, so, uh, that's a big league move. No longer have to put up Christmas. Veteran plans. move. Oh, real quick, we got two super chats. Uh, One of them's tired. Well, I don't Drew- even want to put it up there. I saw it already. So uh, Drew Garrison said. Like I said, tired. You don't know Sammy Sosa took PEDs, but you do know for sure Michigan is guilty? Question mark. There's a lot more evidence that that uh, that, that Michigan is guilty than there is Sammy Sosa. I don't know. I don't think that's. I don't think that's true. Uh, Chi Town Real Estate says, "Howdy, Nick. I see your strategy to boot the Cubs fan while you're on. Nice job, Reed. I'm sorry. Shit happens. Oh." oh. Oh, it's the kids show. show. <laughs> oh my god. The hell was that? I tell you Mouse Cop is uh, Mouse Cop is is back with his regular name today. Didn't he change it for a while there? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, it was uh, Team Reed. Team Love Reed. That. Yeah, he's off Team Reed. <laughs> uh, he is off Team Reed. Tom, are you uh, are you like the just the classic white Christmas lights? Are we colored? Are we It all are depends. We, what, on what are we doing here? It all depends on what's working. I mean, that's the problem. You buy these things, and they are designed to be an instant defect. So when I start pulling that stuff out tonight to get it ready for tomorrow, and, you know, you plug them in, we'll see what works. If you got to run down to Target or Walmart or wherever you got to go to get some new ones, and you go get some new ones. You more of a colored light person, or do you like like the the classic white? I like the white lights. I do. Let's make that the pull question of the day. Classic white or colored lights? Yeah. Gotcha. I like them both, though. I, I love driving you know, that's by a, that's, and seeing that's all the Christmas decorations. That's an elitist thing, right? To not have any of the colored lights. It's, the, uh, it's not like the red, green. You want all those. You want, you want the more festive ones than the just boring ones. Casey's are, Casey's are orange and black. That's true. Or actually, today, orange and blue. That's right. Love you actually have three different layers of FC stuff on today. You have the lid, the lid. right? The sweatshirt, sweatshirt. and, and I got we the, don't want to see your boilers, whoa, so just go whoa, ahead and... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's a hardcore fan. But he's not going to the game. I was going to say, not that hardcore. Because his third cousin has a birthday. Because it's his sister-in-law's birthday. Oh, my God. We're all watching the game at a bar. What do you want, You have birthdays every year, but your hometown club only plays for the AFC Championship. Is that what we're going to call it? Pretty much. Pretty much. Against the arch rival. I mean, the Cleveland Browns are coming into town to play the AFC Championship, basically, is what's going on here. It's crazy. Crazy. So I mean, I would love the to go. Biggest football game in the city since last season. <laughs> I would and, love to go. Football, what? soccer. Okay. The tickets that Alex actually has tickets for like fifty bucks, like that she can buy. So it's a little bit of a shame that we're not going. But it is a sham. But I'm what not going to. I'm happen? not going to complain. Just out of curiosity, we're going to get to our picks here in a second. But what? what would happen out of curiosity? Okay. Yeah. If you were to just say to uh, Alexandria. Yes. Okay. And that's Casey's wife. If you were to just say, hey, you know what, honey, I, you know, I love you. I love your sister. I love your family. I mean, they're awesome. Right? And we're going to see them probably, I'm guessing, here around the Christmas holidays. Yeah. Okay. We're about to see them in like three weeks from now. A lot. Probably more than once or twice. And, and if it's more than once, it's once too many. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you don't have to say that, though. Leave that out. If you were to just say to her, you know what, honey, uh, look, I mean, this is FC, Columbus Crew. I mean, you and I are into it. She was a soccer player. You're a bride. Yeah. If you were to say to her, honey, come on now. Let's just, let, let's go grab a couple of those ducats and we got we, we to gotta be there. What would happen? Well, uh, seriously now. 
I mean, would like all hell break loose and you'd have like your in-laws mad Those at you the whole nine yards? Um, actually, well, here's the funny thing. Sounds Tom. like a yes. Here's to the Tom. funny thing. She, my sister-in-law. You sound like Gavin Newsom. You're not answering the question. No, no, no. I'm oh, going to answer no, it. I got to tell, I gotta tell a quick Newsom story. It's, a, very so, quick it's story. a third one. <laughs> if you watch it, it's a third. So, Go ahead. Do you remember that Halloween party that I had? Yes. Well, that I wasn't invited to. I remember it well. You were invited, yeah. weren't you, Elliot? I was invited. I was invited. Unfortunately, I didn't go, but nobody else was gotten invited. Uh, it was just me. Uh, it, 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 I should have gone. I did find out, though, Tom, that Casey poisoned all his guests at that party. Do you hear that part of the no, story? No. no. So what Casey did, oh get God. this, everybody. Let's, get, let's focus. Get, get let's this, focus. everybody. No, 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 no. We're, we're too far no, gone now. This is far more important. We're too go far ahead. gone now. So at this party, Tom, Casey, I believe, was serving them chili, and this chili was about, I don't know, not three years expired. It was not and the he chili. And <laughs> he gave God. all these guests explosive diarrhea oh, i mean no. it was it was a we it didn't was, need that I, that's what it was though it was over dis- the line that's not what it happened. was disgusting that's not what happened first off it was the cream cheese and the chili dip Ooh, that was cream cheese. that was okay. probably bad but anyways that's not the point she my sister-in-law she was going to go but then decided that she didn't want to go and went up to columbus to go party up in Columbus. She dipped. She completely avoided us. She ditched us. For your party? Yeah, the Halloween okay. party. Right. The same and one so, that you're going to for a party now? Yeah, the same one that we're going to do this. Wild. Yeah, wow. really wild. Really interesting. And we actually talked about it. Alex and I were like, we really want to go to this game, but we're not going to do that. We really, really love her so sister. So really and, quickly, just yeah. to recap this and put, it, put, a, put yeah. a nice little bow on it. Yeah. You have the opportunity to buy tickets for somehow, I don't know how. Like but $60. $60. $60. How, how, we'll find out after the show. But you have the opportunity to buy ticket two tickets for $60, or do you have options? It's probably to get more. It's probably more. More? Yeah. Okay, so you can buy tickets for the whole entire group, which would probably be what, her and someone else? Like four people or what? Yeah, well, so we're probably going to have like six. I don't know if we're going to get 60. And the choice so. is to instead go to the banks and spend like six bucks a beer and watch the game there. That, you know what? Interesting that's choice. A, that's a legitimate Interesting choice, Tom. Right I must say, I, I must say, not a man to, to spend other people's money. That but. whole side of the family, his wife's side of the families are known big drinkers. That is going to be a <laughs> big time tab <laughs> over there. <laughs> it's going to be a big time tab oh, over man, there. We have, we have so, gone off the reservation. You know, look. All right, let's get let's get off this. Yeah, let's Casey, get into some football. Casey, yeah, Casey, I'm sorry. You Stop all... bringing it up. Casey's giving his guest diarrhea. It's like the elevator doors opening at the Shining. Mute, mute his mic. Mute, mute his mic. <laughs> Nathan Tom, get Hines us back on track. True, Tom. Of what I just said. <laughs> I mean, I remember the. I tribe. didn't say. I didn't say it. My father-in-law did. Yeah, he said it. So he doesn't take offense to it. That's an honest man. My guy from now on, moving forward on this show, is Nathan Hines. Big Sorry. time. Okay. Big time. Okay. Um, all right. Are we, are we getting uh, Ding Dong back in here for this or not? Is he coming in? I think he's just he's, he's, I think he's just, just going to sit out there, which is fine, I guess. He's in the chat, Tom. We'll, we'll get his picks through the chat. Okay. We'll get him through the chat. All right. Where are we starting? College football? Yeah. We're, we're going to spend a little time on some of these games. We're going to start with Friday night. Listen, tonight. When, you, when you get on your hands and knees and you just thank the Lord above, right, for everything you have, everything your family has, your health, a roof over your head, warm in the cold, cool in the heat, food on the table, everything. At the end of the prayer, just sneak in and say, Lord, 
man, I'd really appreciate it if Georgia, Michigan, doesn't matter. I, 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 Lord, you decide, Washington and Oregon. Hey, that, that's, you do your thing, okay? Oklahoma State and Louisville. Can all of them please win, Lord? And then you say thank you. Amen. Okay, here we go. Are we ready? Yep, we got them up already. That, Tom. Yeah, good luck. It's right. <laughs> Usually we start with Reed. So, Reed, what's your pick? All right. Are we really going to not get him in here? Well, I mean, if he's listening to the show, he can come in Reed, here. Come I'm sure in. Nick Kirby would, would happily move. He can come in and get that microphone. Yeah, will you just stand? Just sit down, yeah, you just pull in a chair. I think he could sit there. on Nick's lap. Yeah, yeah. Reed, come back in. Reed, come back in. <laughs> okay, he's not going to do it. He is taking it. I just can't, in all seriousness now, I. Trace, you tell me. Ellie, you tell me. You guys are into Gary Cubs. Okay. You guys are into gambling. Okay. And, Re and Casey and I were talking about this. Here comes Reed. Round of applause. He's back. Hey, it's, it's a Reed. real man to come back. Yeah, sit right in the middle. All right. Reed. Sit down, Reed. Thank you for coming back. Okay. Can, could somebody explain to me? I'm being totally serious about this. And Elliot, Reed, anybody, Nick, Casey, Trace. How is it that Washington is undefeated? Now, it was a long time ago when Washington beat Oregon, but Washington did beat Oregon. Okay, they're playing on a neutral field today. Could somebody explain to me how Oregon is a 10-point favorite in this game? One team continues to get better. One team um, is playing at home when they played last time. And in college football, I don't know if you can put a point value on it, but college football of all the sports has the biggest home court or home field advantage. And I think college basketball is maybe a close second, but college football is number one when it comes to, to whether you're playing at home or on the road. And I think that's your answer right there. So Washington doesn't have the luxury of playing at home. And I, know, I would, I, there may be some injuries there. I don't follow Washington's football team closely, Tom. But you couple that with the idea that Oregon continues to get better in the eyes of Vegas. And you don't want to find yourself in a position where you make the line four and you got everybody uh, betting on Oregon and you lose, you lose a, a significant amount of money because people realize that uh, records ultimately aren't, uh, aren't as big of a deal as people make them out to be. Are you okay. saying throw out the record book? It's like, uh, I, I, I guess I am saying throw out the record book. It's kind of like, a, let's put it this way, Tom. It's kind of like a win-loss record for a starting pitcher to a small degree. Maybe not the ultimate end-all, be-all. It's not a perfect analogy. But would you rather have a guy with, 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 with good stuff that has a little bit of a blemish on his resume when it comes to a win-loss record, or would you rather have the guy that's like, you know, maybe Luke Weaver, who's 9-1 and one in his last nine starts? What do you think, Tom? Luke Weaver, we may have to break that out for cherry on top today. No, no. Luke Weaver's a special talent. Luke Weaver was one man. I, when I look back at the signings that the Reds made this past offseason, Luke Weaver has to rank number one. I mean, this guy went out and he tried his damnedest, and he got nothing but disrespect from this entire town. And all he did was go out there and win ball games, win baseball games. That's that's your job as a starting pitcher, Tom. Right. And that's what he did. He was ten and one as a Red starter. He was rolling with a fifteen point eight ERA. But I'll tell you what, Tom, it was special getting to be a part of a Luke Weaver three and two thirds game, and the bullpen takes it home. That's what this. That's what baseball's about. Hey, just, just win, baby. He That's started, right. He started the win number 12 with a 12-game win streak. So he That's right. He kept things alive. Some other stiff gave it up. That's right. Not Luke Weaver. Okay. Reed, let's start with you. Let's start with you, yeah, Reed. What look. do you think here? 10-point favorite, Oregon against uh, Washington. 
Um, uh, I, I like the, this, this spread doesn't make any sense, Tom. Um, for that reason, I'm going to take the line that doesn't make sense. Give me the Oregon Ducks covering 10 points. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Nick will be next. Nick, make a pick. (laughs) I think that line is just too high. Give me the, give me the Washington. All right. Very nice. The Washington. The Washington. The Washingtons. Okay. All right. Okay. The Uh, judges. I'm going to also take, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Nick's pick. I'm going to go with the Washingtons. And I think George and the boys will get up for this one. And I think plus nine and a half is seems like free money, but maybe that's why I should take Oregon. It, it doesn't matter. I'm going Washington. For those wondering, and I was wondering, uh, and I just checked it, uh, no weather issues tonight for that game. They're playing at Allegiant Stadium in Las nice. Vegas. Trace? Uh, based off the fact that Elliot picked Washington, I'm going to lean now Oregon. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a sense lock. Casey? My bad. I accidentally threw up a Tom's pick. I don't know if you're going with Oregon. But anyways, I am going with Washington. I think the whoa, media whoa, whoa, just – Hold a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. Get, get that off. Get it off. Casey's a ding-dong. 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 All right. Go ahead, Casey. You're picking Oregon. I'm picking Washington because I think Oregon has been all over Oregon for years at this point. And it seems like every year they just stumble and fall at some point. They stumble and fall early on against Washington, and the line just doesn't make sense. Oregon minus 10, it just doesn't make sense. I'll, I'll take Washington. Okay, Ooh. and I'm going to take the Huskies as well. Okay. That, that 10 is a big, big number. I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon blew them out, but if I, I got to make a pick, I'm taking the Huskies. Okay, nice. what's next? Got a lot of big games this weekend. Louisville versus Florida State. That's a Louisville. 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 That's right. You got to say it the way they Louisville. Feel. I like Louisville better, but like yes. Okay. All right. Let's start. Reed. Uh, yeah. Hi, Tom. Uh, point and a half. Now explain this one to me. How is Oregon a 10-point favorite over undefeated Washington on a neutral field? And Florida State, undefeated, is a one-and-a-half-point favor, uh, favorite over Louisville. I got Louisville. you, Tom. Louisville. I, I got you, Tom. Uh, Florida State's quarterback's out. Well, well not, not just that, but the starter's out, but their backup is also in concussion protocol now. Yeah, he got leveled last week. That dude played pretty good. Yeah. All right, Reed. That's what happens when you uh, play in the ACC. I like that nickname. Uh, you know what? I'll go ahead and I'll take uh, I'll take the Cardinals in this one. I, I, I got some family that lives there, uh, so I'm going to go with the Louisville Cardinals. Sure, that, sure that, that's good rationale. All right, Nick Kirby. Your family I'm going there. Florida State. Okay. You <laughs> like you like the Seminoles. Oh, yeah. Staying like undefeated. Okay. All right. Um, Zebra? Uh, I'm going to go Louisville. Because mm. my family lives there? Because Reed's family lives there. That's good reason. Okay. Trace? Uh, basically, uh, any system bets here? There, there's, there's, uh, there's one. Uh, there's one. I don't know if it'll be on the thing, but I will mention it at the end if, if, it's, uh, if it's not one of the games. So okay. I don't want to ruin it. But uh, I'm going to take Florida State based off the fact that Elliot picked Louisville. <laughs> this is a dangerous path, Tom. This yes, is a dangerous is. path. It, we've boss. seen your work the last uh, couple of weeks. You've been right. on it. I've been on it. I mean, yeah. since you decided to start bucking the system of Trace and Reed, you yeah. have been on a roll. Buckingham Palace. That's Trusting right. your gut. That's right. Gubna. Hello. All right. Yeah, uh, much for the reason that uh, Trace said, I just, I don't know. I think Louisville, they, I would have probably picked them if they didn't lose just last week. Yeah. yeah. Who did they, they lose lost. to? Uh, Kentucky. Kentucky. Hmm. Interesting. SEC school. Big blue. 
But I'm going to take Florida State. I just think that they've got some really good edge rushers, got some dominant receivers. Yep. Here we go. So Haven't lost. Okay. Undefeated. I am taking the Louisville Cardinals. Going three quarterbacks deep is tough sledding. Really, for anybody, Tom? You're, you're, you're going to take the Cardinals. Is that, is that a, it's a rooting game. I was going to say, is that a heart That's pick? a straight root. Straight root. <laughs> based on no facts at all. And you end none. Uh, all right. This is championship weekend. That it is. Oklahoma State. A, a, literally oh a coach in a program that looked like there were rumors the entire team was going to quit after the third game of the year. In mm-hmm. mass. Walk out and leave uh, the mullet man standing there with nobody to coach. Mike Gundy. Maybe Zach Taylor should call him. Guy's a hell of a coach. I got to give it up to the guy, man. He is a hell of a coach. He is a really good coach. Now, 15 and a half. Longhorns. I watched the Longhorns in person three weeks ago. They don't look like they're 15 and a half better than anybody to me. But we'll get to that in a second. Reed? Is this a battle of the mullets? Does Quinn Ewers still have a mullet? No, he's uh, he's clean shaven now. Clean shaw for that yeah. reason. Too bad. Too Give bad. Me Hilkums. Yeah, yeah. Texas that's right. is back then. Texas is back. Give me Quinn. Yeah, I've been to Texas once before, so I'm going to go with Texas. I think Texas is going to blow out Oklahoma. Where did State. you go? Where did you go in Texas? I was at the uh, UC Alabama playoff game. Oh, big! So time. you went to the the big time game. I did. Right, right there at uh, Jerry's World. At Jerry's World, big league Fox stadium. Seats, right. It was not box seats, no. It was not box seats. But it was a fun time yeah. until the game started. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. Uh, Nick, who you like in this one? So I don't watch a lot of college football, but I did have uh, some money on an Oklahoma State money line last week. And uh, they looked terrible. Yes, they, they did. somehow won. So I'm taking Texas to cover whatever it is. Okay. So you had action on a college football game, but you don't follow yeah, it. Yeah, I had a little little insider information, you know. but Obviously not it, that it good. It looked pretty bad for okay. most of it. You're right. They did. Uh, Trace? Um, I have not watched Oklahoma State play a whole significant amount, but Texas, I think, is better than people give them credit for, and I do think they have a really good quarterback. Um, I It is laughable how much recruits get, get kind of hyped up. Arch Manning probably going to be uh, going somewhere, el- somewhere else now. Um, but I, if you're going to give me 15.5 points in a championship game, I'm taking it. I mean, that might be the square play of the day, but I'm taking Oklahoma State. Okay. Case? Um, I have been on the Texas train for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. Is that on your show? No. I've never heard you even say Texas on that. Well, anytime anytime we've bet, anytime we have uh, had to pick Texas, a Texas game, I've picked Texas. Casey's the biggest Texas fan I know. I I am on Texas this year. I have been for the whole year. I'm taking Texas this time. I'm going with the Cowboys. 15 and a half is too big for me. 15 and a half. Uh, Texas' star running back, sadly, out for the year, ACL. Uh, that was a game I was at. It, it was sad. Hate seeing that to anybody. Uh, I'm going with uh, the fighting mullets. It's a lot of orange, Tom. That's a whole lot of orange. That will be a fun atmosphere. Where is that game? Where is that game? Uh, I'll find out for you. Yeah, I feel like it could be in Jerry World. Might be in Jerry World. Yeah. AT&T Stadium. Jerry World. World. There we go. There we go. The the ghost of Elliott Rearing is is lingering around somewhere in the upper rafters there. That's true. Uh, Oh, we have Michigan, 12-0. 
against oh. Iowa, miraculously, and I truly mean miraculously. Worst game of the weekend. 10 and 2, 22 point favorite. That is a huge number. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of points. Um, I'll tell you what, Connor Stallions has his game scouted out perfectly. He knows how to, <laughs> unlike all the other teams in the Big Ten, Connor Stallions has figured out a way to stop Iowa's high potent offense. For that reason, I'm taking the Wolverines. Okay. I, I I've been to Michigan a couple times, so I'm going to go with Michigan. I think Michigan's great. I think they're going to outscore them by twenty. At the final score, twenty-four nothing. Twenty-four nothing. Where did you go in Michigan? Oh no! I went to I went to a I went to a Tigers game. I went to a Tigers game. Nice ballpark, America I, Field. That's America. that's Detroit, Elliot. If you didn't know, yeah, that is Detroit. That's Detroit. Yep. And we got to get up and watch an Oakland basketball game sometime. That's right. That's right. All right. Nick? I'll take the Iowa Hawkeyes. Feels like a, a letdown game for Michigan. They'll win easily, but twenty-two points. Are they motivated to win this game by twenty-two points? I don't think so. Okay. All right, Craig. Uh, Tom, for those that are not degenerates, there was a funny little group chat we had going back and forth about some of the uh, alternate like, spreads and the prop bets that you can place on this game. Tom, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a quick little trivia question here. Okay. What do you think the over-under is? I for would the amount say... Of, listen, for the amount of points that Iowa's going to score in the first half, you can make an even bet on this. What do you think the over-under is on Iowa's points in the first half of this football I'd game? I'd say three. Uh, half a point, Tom. They don't think they'll score. The Vegas line. Tom, if they score at all, Tom, you win the bet. What do you think about that? Uh, I wouldn't take that bet. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was going to at least stumble into a couple of, uh, uh, you know, turnovers, that kind of thing, at least to, to kick a couple of field goals. I'd take that bet. Trace, why would they not make it one and a half points just to like have a little bit more respect? Yeah, they 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 That's made disrespectful. it so disrespectful with a half point because you're right. They could have do one and a half to make it feel a little it's more. Exact, it's the exact same thing. Yeah, thing. I, I've not seen any team score one point in the history of football, um, which maybe it's possible. I don't know. And I've watched football long enough. Have you I'll seen the quarterback it. by the way for Iowa? Um, was he not? Was he not the McNamara, McNamara kid? He weighs no, no. He, oh. He's out hurt. This guy weighs like 270 pounds. Yes, I have seen him last week. Yeah, he, he looked like he has uh, enjoyed a, a good amount of ice cream from United Dairy Farmers, Tom. Big leaguer. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, he, he's not missed too many, uh, too many meals. Oh, it's stop. all right. It's a real man. Yeah, I'll stop. It's an Iowa man. I'm going to take uh, huh. probably Iowa. I, I'm going to take Iowa. Okay. Is that a uh, system play? It is not. No, Tom. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that one if okay. it comes up. It's yeah, I'm, I'm taking Iowa, too. I just think that they're going to make this a, a muddy game, a scrappy game. And I don't know, like Kirby said, that Michigan has it in them to score three touchdowns over them. So, going with Iowa. Well, three touchdowns would cover. I, I know. I'm saying I don't know if they have the capability. Three I don't touchdowns know if they have doesn't the, cover. Yeah, that's just Elliot. Yeah, Elliot's not very good at math, so we'll keep it moving. <laughs> Go ahead, that's Tom. That's why the Zebras are having rough days. That's right. I'm, um, I'm taking the Iowa Hawkeyes as well. Nice. We got some they've Hawkeyes got a good up defense. there. They've got very good defense. They're not going to win, but they've got a good defense. Okay. We have, I think, two more college games left or one more? We have two. Two more. Okay. We have, oh boy, here we go. The dogs. We're going to start with you this time, Trey. The sure. dogs, your guys. Yeah. Two-time defending national champions taking on the fighting Nick Sabans. 
It's it, this is a relatively concerning game, largely because of two things. One, Alabama always uh, seems to find a way to to pull out a miracle and win every football game known to mankind when they play Georgia in the SEC championship game. So I've been snake bitten so much time, so many times in my life. I don't have confidence no matter what happens here. The second thing is, is Milrose, a scrambling quarterback, and Georgia has. Georgia has given up the mo almost the third most yards in read option plays all year long. There's a fun stat for you. Wow. Um, That's big league so stat. So whether or not that comes to be a factor, I don't know. They're going to probably force Milrow to beat them by throwing the football. If he does, they'll they'll win the football game. But he might not, so that would be the difference. If you're going to say right now if I had to take off my glasses and you're giving me just five points, I do think UGA is better than Alabama by five points. But if you're going to make me gamble on this game of what I know, um, for some damn reason, Nick Saban, I don't know what he what he's doing, but he'll find a way to to cover that spread. Okay. So I'm going to actually take Alabama. I know I know I fooled him Ooh. there, but I'm going to take Alabama. Okay. All right. Uh, Reed. Uh, yeah. I I came in here full full well intentioned to take the Georgia Bulldogs. I don't know if I can be listened to from up here, but uh, I. I was going to take Georgia, then the little kerfuffle that happened before the show started. I can't, I can't support my, my boss's favorite team. So I'm going to go with the Alabama Crimson Tide, uh, covering five points. They're going to win outright. They're going to kick Georgia out of the college football playoff. Stick it to the boss by losing money. That's uh, <laughs> it's a strategy. Well, could you imagine the chaos, in, in all seriousness, the chaos that if Alabama were to win this game, what you're going to do with Georgia? Because when you look at the other teams, it would be in that one-loss mix. All right, let's just say, you know, Oregon, they're, they're going to be in if they win because they're going to be the Pac-12 champ. Okay, but then you got these other one-loss teams. And you look at who their best win is against. But then, you know, you look at Georgia, okay, you say they lost to Alabama. But Georgia does not have a great win. They've got some good wins against some decent teams. Tennessee, Missouri. But they haven't they, – they didn't play Alabama in the regular season. They didn't play LSU in the regular season. They didn't play an out-of-conference game that was some monster win. Um, I would think George is one of the top four teams in the country. I'd put them in. But I'm telling you, if all of a sudden, you know, you start looking at, at, at some of the other teams, I mean, Texas would get in before them because they'd be a conference champion at one loss. Ohio State would not get in. Although, again – Ohio State would have better wins this year, two of them, better than the two best wins of Georgia. Now, I don't think the committee would put Georgia in of Ohio State because they got to the title game. But if you just looked at the raw numbers, Ohio State would have two wins that are better than the two best wins of Georgia. So, um, what, I tell you. Tom, do you, do you think that – those two would be against number nine, Penn State, right now, okay. and number 15, Notre Dame. What's Ole Miss's and Missouri's ranking? Missouri's 9 and 11, but, but to your, to your, I'm, we're not going to get back oh, into that. Oh, they're 9 and 11. Okay. Well, but, 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 but here's the thing. All but right, here's the thing, fair. Tom. I actually think this is possible. Do I think it'll happen? No, because it's Alabama. But both are on the road, but, too. But, I will, but here's, the, here's where the both bias. Both are on the road. Georgia's were not. That is played, true. You played Penn State at home, I thought. No, I was on the road. Go ahead. Pins, oh, no, it wasn't him. You're right, you're right, you're right. You're but, right. but here's the point, is that I don't know if they'll do this, and I don't think they will, and this is where bias does exist within college football without question, is if this was Mississippi State, and Mississippi State had the exact same schedule and did the exact same thing that Alabama has done this year, 
Nobody in their right mind would be arguing that Mississippi State is guaranteed to be in the college football playoff with a win against Georgia. Going So I actually do think they're just because Alabama played Texas at home, which is a big thing, yep. and they lost to Texas at home, and they have a head-to-head situation where Texas could be also right there on that cut line yep. with the one loss. I think that there's a small chance that they slot Georgia as the four seed if they were to lose this game. They put Texas in at three, they move Oregon to a two, and they put Michigan at one, and they leave out Alabama as the SEC champion, especially when you also factor in the fact that it took a – you can say whatever you want, and this is where college football stinks because you have all this stupid stuff yep. about, well, what did they do here? Yep. But when you factor in the fact that they also had a fourth and 32 or whatever, and it took a Hail Mary to beat Auburn, that also could, could play into this. Just because you have one good night in the SEC championship game, would that overshadow what Georgia has done? I don't know. But I do think there's a chance. Everyone's ruling it out. No chance Alabama gets left out. I think that there's a small chance that Alabama gets left out even if they do win. Well, they asked Nick Saban that question yesterday, and he was brutally honest about the whole thing. He didn't sit there and whine and politic. He didn't do any of that stuff. He just said, if the SEC champion is not in the Final Four, that is a completely disrespectful thing to happen to the Southeastern Conference based on our body of work and our history in this college football playoff. I think he's got a legitimate point. All right. Um, Nick, who do you think? Well, Nick, Georgia five-point favorite. Nick, I think Nick and I are on the same page here. I could be wrong, but we're going to play a little game. Nick, I'm going to count down three, two, one. And after I say one, we're both going to the, the, name the school that we're thinking at the same time, okay? Okay. Ready? Ready. Three, two, one. Georgia. Alabama. Damn, didn't work. <laughs> I'll take Georgia. You'll take Alabama. That's fine. Okay. All right. Casey? That's a good game. That's a good try, Elliot. It's a lot like your gambling's gone lately. Go ahead. <laughs> I thought we were on the same page. I guess we weren't. <laughs> All right. I'm taking Alabama just because of that. I was going to take Georgia. Nah, you, you, you stick with Georgia over there. Thank you. I haven't bet against them all year long, and I never will bet against them all year long, even if they were going against Ohio State. Uh, every time Georgia's tested, they blow somebody out of the water. I'm not saying they're going to blow them out of the water, but they're covering five. Georgia's all good. Right. Georgia's good. They're Here's really Trace's good. game of the week. They haven't lost in three years. Or two they haven't lost. They haven't lost a regular season game. In three years, yeah. yes. But they did lose in the SEC yeah. championship game by like two touchdowns yeah. to Alabama. Who, by the way, that same Alabama team, fun fact for, for those that don't watch college football, uh, they, they played an Alabama team who went into double overtime or something along those lines, I think. Or they won on the last play of the game against Auburn, a same Auburn team that won like two games in the SEC. So the whole idea that, oh, look what happened against Auburn doesn't mean, I don't want to say doesn't mean anything, but. Tell you what sticks in my head when I think about this thing, and, and you know, we've referenced it, that Swamp Kings thing that they did on Florida football. Mm-hmm. And they had a couple of the players for Florida that had played in the SEC championship game the year before, and Florida just kicked the snot out of Alabama. And Florida went on to win a national championship. Florida comes back the next year, Tebow's senior year, um, and or his junior year, forgive me, and they play Alabama in the SEC championship game. I can't remember if it was Chris Rainey or whether it was Siler or one of those guys. He said, man, we had no idea what a chip on their shoulder Alabama was playing with in that game. And they kicked our tail up and down the field all over the place. Saban will have them ready to go. Kirby Smart will have them ready to go. This is the biggest game locally in the Buckeye State. That's right. You have two teams in the Mid-American Conference Championship that hail 
from the Buckeye State. Right up the road. They've been packing them into Jaeger Stadium all season long for the 10-2 Miami. Well, it used to be Redskins, right? Red Hawks. Red Hawks, excuse me. Okay. Uh, against the Toledo Rockets. Uh, Toledo, an eight-point favorite. Reed, what are you thinking here? Your guys, Miami. The uh, high nooner crowd. When it comes to this game, Tom, you're going to want a great viewing experience, and there's not a better place that'll have so many fans engaged than if you go up to Oxford, about 20 minutes away from here in Hamilton. You go to like Brick Street, you go to one of their bars. All every single person in those bars will have their eyes glued to the television. No doubt, this game's on. Um, it's for that reason. It's the crowd. It's the passion alone that Red Hawks fans have that I think are going to will Miami to not only cover this spread but win the MAC championship outright. Give me Miami. The fighting Chuck Martins. Yes, indeed. Fighting. We love Chuck Martin. He's been on the show. Yes. Yes. Not like some other coaches. I wasn't going to go there. We still have time to get to them in a minute, though. Okay. Go ahead. Travis Steele hasn't come on the show either. We haven't asked him. He hasn't had, well, he got fired. All right. Uh, I'm going to ask okay. him later, though. He'll come on. Coach in Miami. Now? He'll come on. Yeah, they beat Spalding the other night. He's After getting, that win, we got to get him on. Yeah, go he's ahead. He's getting boat raced every Where night. is Spalding? That's what they played the other night. Louisville. They played a school. Played Louisville, Spalding? Kentucky. It is? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. That's the school that makes the basketballs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, my, Tom's been right. The Miami fans have been coming in in droves of tens all year long. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take my alma mater. I'm gonna take Toledo, the alma Rockets. T O L. That's my alma mater. I went there for two whole years, Tom. I loved every second of it. That's why I left. And uh, we are going to take Toledo, T O L E D O, by 35 points. Okay. All right. Um, what do you think, Nick? Uh, definitely going with Miami. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Go ahead, Trace. This is the system play. Oh, this boy. All right. Here we go. This is it. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll stand firm on it. If we, if we make a fool of ourselves, we'll make a fool of ourselves. But Toledo, unfortunately, is going to probably uh, take Miami to the woodshed. Based Let's off go. Of, based off of the way the system usually goes in Rocket these things. Sound. Okay. Case. And for that reason, I'm also taking Toledo because it's a system play. <laughs> We Tom. are we are we are loyal to the system, aren't we, Casey? Goes uh, we to show you what what kind of a man I am when it comes to this kind of thing, because nobody dislikes Miami more than me. When it comes to you know the rivalry stuff with Ohio University, I love the school, love the campus, Big beautiful, like the people. Uh, but uh, you know, it's hard for me to pick them. But you know what? I'm picking them. I'm taking the fighting Chuck Martins. Absolutely. Here we go. No loyalty to your alma mater. Team. That's right. And, and and look, if Miami wins a game outright, forget the spread. They win the game. High noons for everybody around here on Monday. That's right. That's right. Tom. Sounds I, like Tom's I buying. Believe, I can't believe you. I'm going to bring in a bunch of high noons. If Urbana and Cedarville were playing, Trace would never pick Cedarville. If Liberty and whoever they're, they're all, they're Liberty undefeated. Boys. Uh, right. He would never pick their rival. I would never pick the Fiance. There's no loyalty with you and OU. I am picking Miami because I I'm a big fan of Chuck Martin. And they took it to my guys. God bless. He's been on the program. Who's the outlier before we get to the NFL? Who is the outlier? I'm gonna ask you this question, Nick. Who's the outlier of this crowd? Okay. Chuck Martin, Wes Miller, okay, Brian Billick. Super Bowl uh, who was the other coach. one I forgot? D Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker and um, Sean Miller. Who would be the outlier? Wes Miller. Uh, 
Sean Miller. Sean Miller. He's the outlier. Okay, NFL. Let's go. All right. First. Are we going to get him on? Do you think that 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 he is aware of this kind of bit going on here? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Tunes in every every day. I don't think he should be because we're about to talk about his team here in a couple of minutes. We get through these NFL picks. All right, what do we got? Let's go. Brownies at the Rams. Second straight trip out west for the Brownies. Uh, Still don't know what the deal is. Is it Joe Flacco at quarterback? This is your stomping ground. We're starting with you, Nick. You're up there in Cleveland, Ohio. They're fired up about their Brownies. I'll take the I'll take the local team. I'll go with the Browns. There you go. There you go. Good pick. He All obviously right. doesn't watch Reed. this show enough. We don't, we don't pick the Browns here. Uh, give me the Rams. Rams are playing good picks yeah, they right are. now. They got a good coach. Uh, yeah, give me the Rams at home because that's a, that's a great home field advantage in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take the Rams, not for the home field advantage, because, but because of his hair. I think, I think Sean McVay has the best hair in the NFL. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, Sean McVay, uh, cradle of coaches, Miami. Um, shout out to the Red Hawks, even though it's not going to go well for them. I... I don't get this line, Tom. Like, uh, the the Browns are the better team. Um, but, so, for that matter, I'm just going to fade my own brain. That makes no sense. So, I'm going to take the Rams, even though I think the Browns are should should never be underdogs against them. Okay. Browns have been underdogs for, like, five straight weeks, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they've got a lot of injuries that they're dealing with, some wounds, uh, specifically Miles Garrett. Uh, he's, he's got some, some, some injuries. So, I'm going to take the Rams. What the hell's so funny? He said wounds. 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 Like we were talking like Civil War injuries. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some battle wounds. That's right. He's dealing with. Uh, is that what they call <laughs> soccer injuries? Some. Is that on the injury report? It's from, yeah, it's from like soccer terminology, wound, right? Just a flesh the, wound. The game is in L.A., not the Gaza Strip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't laugh. All right. Wounds is a strong word. <laughs> Just Tom, I'm taking, I'm off. taking the brownies. I got the brownies. Oh man, brownies all the way. I like Flacco. I like Flacco. <laughs> Always like Flacco. I like him. I like him. Guy's a winner. Guy's a winner. All right, who else we got? Cardinals versus Steelers. Cardinals v Men of Aluminum. That game will be in Pittsburgh. Five and a half. Reed. Uh, I'm taking the Steelers. They're going to win exactly seven uh, to nothing. So, yeah, give me the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, boy. AFC right. North, always take it. Yeah. It's the Browns. What about your guy? Come on. Kyler Murray. Hey, ben. Oh, running around. I do like Kyler Murray. I do like Kyler Murray. But, yeah, give me Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah, I think I think Reed's on to something. I think they actually win six nothing, but still cover. I'm going to take the Steelers. Take the under in the game as well. Wow. Okay. Nick? I'm going to go Cardinals. Okay. All right. Home game. All right. Case? I'm taking the Steelers, too. I think uh, I think that they just they, – they've been covering a lot as of late. So yes, they have been. I'm going to just take the Bengals. Yeah. It's a tough team to cover. Trace? I'll take the Cardinals. At some point, the Steelers will, will be shown what they actually are, which are frauds. At some point. I don't know when, but it's coming soon. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm taking the uh, Batland Big Red. Nice. Cardinals. Kyler Murray. Going to run around a little bit. I mean, you know, I, I don't know the new Arizona coach, but I have a sneaking suspicion that he has not uttered the lines this week in press conferences. Boy, you know, against Pittsburgh, it's just tough sledding. <laughs> Tom, if I told you. I mean, man, it's tough sledding, brother. <laughs> I mean to tell you, man, 
Tom couldn't get to that Chase Brown package. All the other shit was working so good. <laughs> Man. Tom, Tom, what if I told Man. you? Man, got it going on. Tom, what if I told you that the Cardinals were missing their top two uh, pass catchers? In that I game? don't care. They're no good anyway. All right, let's go. <laughs> let's go. What do we got next? We got 49ers versus Eagles. 49ers, very, pardon my language, I'm sorry. 49ers v. Eagles. This is a game of the weekend without a doubt. Um, I cannot believe, again, maybe you guys can explain it to me. I can't believe that a 10-1 team at home is a three-point underdog to anybody. I don't care if it's San Francisco, Kansas City. Pick anything you want. I just can't believe it. I don't understand it. Trace, who are you picking? Your first. I'm taking the, the Niners. I'm taking the Niners. I, I think that the Eagles have been have been just dancing around for weeks at this point. And it's and like I said, if you play with fire long enough, Tom, what happens? You're going to get burnt. And I think that this is the week. Eagles. I'm not saying they're going to get blown out, but they're going to get taken care of by the 49ers. Okay. All right. Nick, I think we're on this. Nick, I think we're on the same page again. <laughs> we're going to try the three, two, one countdown. We're going to say the team name on after one. You ready? Ready. Three, two, one, 49ers. Nah, missed it awesome. again. Good effort. Good effort. Good effort. So you got the 49ers. No, I've got the I mean, 49ers, you got the, Eagles. got the Eagles. You got the Eagles, and you have the 49ers. That's right. Okay. Read Mouse. Here's the thing, Tom. I started I, – you're right about this spread. Minus three doesn't make any sense when you're at home. If I could redo my power rankings, and I don't want Vegas to, to completely – skew my opinion on teams but you can't be the number one team in the nfl and be underdogs at home in fact i started thinking i don't think the eagles would be favored against three different teams like if the chief they played the chiefs the chiefs would be favored if they played the ravens the ravens would be favored eagles aren't the best team give me the 49ers they cover three all right trace i picked oh Tom. you picked all right i'm sorry you Casey. forgive me go ahead i'm picking the 49ers too i said that at the beginning of the year the most unfair team and they only got better after That's the trade deadline so yeah, they're going to take care of business against the Eagles. Okay. I am taking the, uh, the fight in the, the high-flying Eagles. High-flying Eagles. Sirianni, got it going on there. It's a real man. Tough. Philadelphia, tough. That's a man's town. That is. That is. All right, here we go. Next up. Broncos versus Texas. This is a good game. I mean, say what you want. They got it going on in Denver. Uh, the Texans, they had a big chance last week to move into a tie for first or, you know, in their division, and they didn't do it. They got beat by Jacksonville. Um, Reed, what are you thinking? Uh, every, after the Texans beat the, the Cincinnati Bengals, everyone told me that the Texans were going to win eight straight Super Bowls. Um, I don't think that's true. They're a decent team. They're not very good. No one's playing better football than the Broncos right now. Give me the Denver Broncos. Yeah, uh, Nick Kirby, I think we're on the same page again. Let's try it. Do a little three, two, one. Say the uh, say the team name. You ready? Ready. Three, two, one. Broncos. Wow, hey! Very, very nice. All right. The battling uh, Sean Paytons. Okay, um, Trace. This is going to be a massacre. Texans are going to slaughter the Broncos. It's just, it, wow. That's a, that's a fact. You know, every, every time wow. this happens, remember what I said earlier this year about how there's things that happen, and then all of a sudden, like Man. there's this there's this weird notion that somebody's good when they're not really good. And remember, you should take solace in the fact that you're four point favorites against the the, the Cardinals. They have two wins this year against the uh, the Bengals. It's the same situation. Texans are a playoff team. Broncos might win eight games. So okay. I'm gonna take the Texans. Okay. I'm not as I was probably on that same level of confidence in the Texans last week. 
I know they only lost by a, a, a field goal that doinked like, against off the playoff off team. The po- yeah. I know it was a playoff team. I get you. I understand. But Denver's also been playing great football. I had a tough time picking. I'm going to pick the Texans because I have faith in them more. I think they have a better quarterback at the moment, a younger team. I like that team more. So we'll see how they do this week. Okay. I'm with you. I'm taking the Texans too. The fight in C.J. Strouds. Uh, And we got what? One more game? One more. One more. This is a Sunday night game, I believe. Hard to believe they didn't move that Eagles-Niners game to Sunday night. They can't do it yet this Ah, early in the season. prime time. Instead, for your viewing pleasure, from the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, the Pack, a six-point dog at home. Pack starting to play pretty good. All of a sudden, people, Jordan Love, he's looking pretty good. The Chiefs rolling in, eight and three. Reed Mouse? Uh, yeah, Jordan Love looks pretty good. He might be the better quarterback in this game. Um, but for that reason, I'm still going to take the, the reigning Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs, to cover six on the road. Nick? I'll take the Chiefs. Okay. All right, you like the Chiefs? Okay. I will take the Chiefs by 35. Who's your favorite team, Nick? NFL? Yeah. I mean, I Brownies? Guess, no, I would root for the Bengals. Bengals, okay. All right. Root for the home team. Okay. Yeah. All right. Trace? No doubt I'm picking the Packers. No doubt about it. Um, well, of course. If they were to win this football game, I think I'm all the way back on the bandwagon. I think I'm like, I'm all the way back in. We can get on one bag- bandwagon, you can get off the other one. Because UConn's rolling into Kansas tonight and blowing the doors off that bunch. So go ahead, Case. We'll see about that. Uh, you know, I, I think I like the Packers here. Ooh. I think I like the Packers here. I think they're underrated. That defense is good. Their offense is starting to figure out what works for them. They're starting to get some cohesion together. Jordan Love has been one of the best quarterbacks the last three weeks. He's averaging like 280 yards a game, a couple touchdowns, not throwing the ball into the other team's hands, limiting the turnovers. Yep. I'm going to go and take a chance at the Packers this week. This is a match of uh, the fighting Len Dawson's and the Bart Stars. Uh, and I'm taking Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. Although I really, I got a feel, I got a, I got a feeling about this game of Green Bay. I'm just picking the Chiefs because I like Georgia. I always pick the Chiefs just because they are what they are. They're the best team in football. It seems when it matters at the end of every season recently. But you know, Casey. Uh, all right, is that it? That's it. Okay. That's all of our picks. So we're all set. Um, there is a big college basketball game here in town tonight. You're going. Yeah. Got tickets last minute, last night. The wife wanted to go, so, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, you, is there, you have rooting interest in Xavier yeah, or what? Yeah, I root for Xavier. Yeah. Okay. Your wife root for Xavier or she just a basketball fan? Just happy to not have the kids. For oh, yeah, year. great point. So. Great point. Yeah. My wife would have chosen to go somewhere without me uh, <laughs> if it was a night without the kids. Uh, what is so funny? <laughs> not, none of you guys in this room have been married 23 years. I have. That's true. Okay? And I can assure you. If you were to go to Polly and say, hey, look, you know, you got to, when the kids were young, hey, you know, you got a free night. You can go to a Xavier basketball game with your husband. Or, you know, your husband can go to the game and you can go out with some buddies. Adios, TV. Okay, so this game tonight, <laughs> the, you know, it's amazing Really, you know, we talk about all the quote-unquote blue bloods out there in college basketball, and rightfully so. It seems like it's the same bunch year after year after year. And even the old blue bloods come back 
and become blue bloods again, case in point last year, UConn, right? I mean, they just blew through everybody. And they're playing at Kansas tonight. It's a great game. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're always talking about the Dukes and the Kansas and the North Carolinas and, you know, the UCLA's been brought back by, by Mick Cronin. And, and, and obviously there have been some other teams that you could you throw in there. Michigan State to a slightly lesser extent. But, hey, you know, they are what they are. But Kentucky. Um, but, you know, what Kelvin Sampson has done, this dude – this guy is a great coach. And there will people that, te- that will tell you that are very, very intimate with the sport of college basketball that will tell you, it's like for years and years and years, you get around a lot of players, and I used to in the ACC, guys that played for Duke. And they, you'd say, who's the best coach you ever played for? They're like, man, Larry Brown. They're like, that dude, best coach on the planet. Basketball coach. Kelvin Sampson is a great basketball coach. Nobody's talking about them having a letdown in the Big 12 this year. They've been averaging 29.8 wins per year, granted in the AAC, and they haven't won a national championship. They had the bad luck with getting a couple of guys injured the last two years, or they'd have been in the Final Four. It's a good team, man. Yeah, Tom. If, if The thing about Houston is that uh, like, I, I felt like the league that they played in hurt them come play- tournament time yeah like they, they still made decent runs pretty deep runs into the tournament but the fact that they clearly got the horses right they clearly got the guys that can play and that can win a national championship now they get to play damn good competition night in and night out in the big 12 so i i think houston isn't going to get worse they're only going to get better joining this new conference. i'm with you i'm with you i'm with you all the way trace what do you think about this game tonight i mean i if Xavier keeps this game within what the spread is, which is like eight points, I would, I would, you might not like to hear this, but I would say that that would go up at the top of the, that would actually be a little bit higher of a moral victory than keeping it within 12 to Purdue. I, I would, it'd be neck and neck. One of those two. I, I really do think Houston's a great team. I don't see how Xavier wins. But maybe, maybe they can. Maybe there's some magic there in the Centos. You know, it's always it's the kind of game that Xavier always seems a way to show up. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. It really does. I mean, I don't think they're going to win either. But, I mean, it's not like Houston. I mean, they're ranked six and they're undefeated. But I was doing a little reading about them this morning. You know, they lost a lot of guys the last two years. Now, you know, used to, the, the year before last, they lost four starters. And they came back last year and won 33 games. They got three starters back from last year. And then a bunch of other guys that, you know, they're off to a good start. But uh, they just – but this is always just the kind of game that, 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 that Xavier shows up for. But this year, I just don't know if they have the horses to do it. Casey, will you be watching that game? The Xavier game, no. No, I will be watching uh, Washington at uh, Oregon tonight. Well, that doesn't start till 8. The Xavier game starts at 6.30. You could actually watch I, a little I, of both. Or what, you could go to your sister-in-law. I mean, I said what I said. I'm probably going to be watching Washington – uh, versus Oregon, I, I, I'm not in the basketball season yet. Okay, that happens after football's over for me. Okay, okay, all right, good enough. Now I understand we have a uh, cherry on top. Did you find this today, Reed, or who found this today? I found this. Yeah, I found this. I seen this yesterday um, to give a little bit of color to it before we run the clip, so people are relatively aware of what's going on. This yeah. was uh, this was um, basically the former the former coach he so he's a high school coach of a player on the Knicks and 
they'll obviously tell the story but that's the that's the maybe the missing piece that if you're watching this you might need to know is that this is the old high school basketball coach of uh, of an nba player that currently plays for the knicks uh, i don't have the name off the top of my head here so i apologize for that but i thought it was a cool little uh a cool little story i, okay. uh, I think it's very thoughtful of the guy put it that way okay let's see it so. yeah just give me one second i gotta pull it up oh no it wasn't in my my twitter dm so i that's my bad i got it though. this is the end of a bumpy week bumpy, oh, no, week. Tom's on Tom's bumpy on week come on <laughs> put it on him tom go ahead it's right here. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Nice to see you. Oh, we did. How about that? That is nice stuff. Very, very touching and a perfect way to uh, finish off the week. Casey, nice job. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> what are you laughing at? You just I said him. good job. You just scolded him. I said he had had a bumpy week. He finished strong. <laughs> I'm giving him a pat on the tail as we head for the sideline. Hey, Casey. Here Casey, we go. Let me rephrase what Tom said. You, you were really bad this week, but, you know, that was good. <laughs> I never. Hey, said. before we get out of here, uh, super, super thanks to all the folks that super chatted here really fast. Um, Chi-Town Real Estate, as always, saying uh, he's appreciative that uh, Nick Kirby kicked out Reed. That was nice. He said, sorry, Reed. Sir Boy uh, saying that he needs to resign Dreamweaver and fire Frack and Frack, or Frickin' Frack, I think is the term there. And then Steve from Chicago says the Miami Redhawks, they beat UC – Beat OU and win the Mac. Love the show, fellas. Thank you very much. It's a weekend filled with ASMR. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. It's a weekend filled with ASMR. We just learned about this phenomenon today, and I am looking forward to a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of ASMR. I just don't think you know what it means. It says, it's like, you know, they, they, there's all kinds of ASMR sounds and noises help you sleep better. I have a hard time sometimes staying asleep through the night. I'm just going to keep that on something next to my bed, right? Is that what it is? Sure. Are they sounds? Sure. No, yeah. are they? That's what I read today. I don't want to put my foot in my time. mouth and get myself in trouble here about something that I don't know about. They Tom. are sounds. You are right. You are saying nothing wrong. Okay. Tom, this yeah. is this is ASMR. See, that's perfect. <laughs> I could just listen to that all night. Go ahead, keep doing that. We're gonna let everybody leave us on this. Nick, thank you very much for coming in today. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. It's been a pleasure. Thank you Thanks very much. Gentlemen, have a great weekend. Keep doing it, Casey. And box lunch. Box lunch is coming. Quiet. Before they start yelling. Keep going, Case.